Yo, yo, episode 16 of the Gaming Memories podcast, where I, Cade Call, your host, aka Robo Clip, the motherfucking blessed beat maker, interview creative and interesting people about your favorite gaming memories. Not your favorite gaming memories, their favorite gaming memories growing up. And on this episode of the podcast, we have prolific audio visual artist levitate now i know i say basically every artist that comes on the podcast is prolific and they are i've only had dope people on the podcast because newsflash i have great taste so listen to me i'm the prophet i'm the gaming god's duly anointed one true prophecy and revelator i know what's dope you don't know what's dope your your opinion means nothing because i speak to the gods themselves and i'm telling you levitate is ordained by the music and visual gods he is the mother fucking man i will put all the applicable links in the podcast description. I highly, highly, highly recommend checking his shit out. The best way that I could describe his music is if, let me think, the best way I could describe it is if a artificial intelligence that's like way beyond any human human capabilities, like we're talking the, uh, the is it Moore's Law, the exponential uh, increase in uh, computing power, basically an artificial intelligence that looks at humans like little, little little ants it's just so much more aware than us puny humans and our puny brains if this artificial intelligence lived in the blade runner universe and made music based on deftones and metal and rock that would be levitate with a little with a little touch of trap in there just a little just a little smidgen a little seasoning of trap that's levitate it is some like if you're into the darkness if you're into sci-fi if you're into trent reznor if you're into lorne who we nerd out about on this podcast i'll have to admit we didn't talk a ton about video games we started talking about video games and we got sidetracked about music and movies and sci-fi which is fine by me because i love all of those things levitate channels all of those it's kind of like a unique darkness a unique flavor that's very hard to find and if you're a flan if you're a flan jesus christ i i drink way too much alcohol to do this audio intro but you know what we're gonna do it anyway and i'm not gonna cut this shit out if you're a fan of that flavor of that sci-fi darkness flavor levitate is your man it's one of the few places you can get that flavor and i love that flavor i highly recommend him again all the applicable links are going to be in the podcast description i will also admit that i was legitimately fanboying the fact that he said yes to be on the podcast i've been a fan of his music for a very long time and since the podcast i've been putting his music on heavy rotation and a older track that i wasn't aware of previously is called war ready i think it's from 2017 or 2016 i don't know how i missed it but god damn that shit is fire it slaps it's a him and a rapper who i'm probably going to mispronounce his name but he's probably not going to listen to this so whatever i think it's macintosh or macintosh i think it's a rip on Macintosh computers. I don't know. I'll put a link to that specific song in the description as well. Check his music out. He is a prolific music producer and on top of that, he makes all of his own visuals. He had a recent release come out called Cross Me and he did the uh, music video for that 
as well. He does Cinema 4D, 3D visuals. And for someone who's only been doing Cinema 4D from what I can gather for a handful of years, he is pretty close to top tier when it comes to uh, 3D shit as well. So someone who's multi-talented in that way, it's it's pretty hard to come across. And you'll learn about his, uh, how would I say, his, his, uh, his grind, him coming up. He talks a lot about making the transition to being music full-time, doing visuals full-time, and how he handled that. And get on the levitrate, levitrate, get on the levitate train now because Homeboy is going to be way too famous and way too huge to be on a podcast like this in the near future. I am extremely, extremely grateful that he said yes. He came onto the podcast. It is a fantastic episode. I will note we had some audio issues early in the episode. He swapped mics and the audio gets much, much better in the first third of the episode. So bear with the beginning of the episode. His audio is a little bit off, but he switches mics and it becomes super clean and uh, super legible later in the episode. Other than that, as always, as always, kids, remember, I'm the one true gaming prophet. I had talked to the gaming gods themselves, and this is the one true gaming podcast, and you will be blessed if you share the good news of the Gaming Memories Gospel, meaning like, share, comment, tell people about Levitate, tell people about the Gaming Memories Podcast, and the gods will open the windows of heaven and pour blessings upon you so great that there shall not be room to receive them. That's like some, that's like some, uh, some passes from the, the Bible. I think it's from Leviticus. I don't know. My Bible shit's getting uh, a, a little bit rusty. It's been a long time since I've been knee-deep in the Bible, but it doesn't matter because I'm a prophet and I don't have to practice what I preach because prophets don't practice what they preach. They just collect money and women. Give me your money. Give me your women. Share the good news of the Gaming Mem- Memories Gospel and check Levitate's music out. I say these things in the name of Miyamoto the Father, Kojima the Son, and Carmack the Holy Ghost. Amen and enjoy the show. Yes, sir. Seattle, Washington. Seattle. Were you born and raised in Seattle? Nah, man. Um, I was born in Wasilla, Alaska, and I was raised in the woods in Vermont. What age did you move to Vermont from Alaska? Two. Okay. Dang. When yeah, you say when you say in the woods, what do you mean by in the woods? <laughs> um, I lived like I lived. Uh, a bit outside this small town called Lindenville, Vermont. So it was like, uh, I lived, I mean, shit, man. <laughs> like there were like 300 people in the village that I lived in. Uh, but okay. Surrounded by trees and shit. I lived at the base of like a ski mountain. It's like really like, like random far away, like, like deep ski mountain, kind of like a secret little thing. If like you're a tourist, uh, called Burke mountain. So I lived in Burke, and yeah, I was like, uh, I pretty much spent my childhood running around in the woods and shit, and snowboarding, a lot of snowboarding. Nice. I did a lot of that too. That's, I guess that's one of the good things about winter, is if you actually, if oh, you yeah. actually get to go boarding. Yeah, I actually, I hate the winter, but um, I love <laughs> snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the cold, man. I spent too much time around that when I was a kid. Yeah. Did you did you go straight from there to Seattle, or did you go anywhere in between? No, nah, I was uh, I was really trying to like at least get like big sponsorships for snowboarding. So I like I moved straight to Lake Tahoe after mm. high school. For, so you, like, went, uh, you went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really, nice. 
Yeah, I was really in there, man. Like, I had some, I don't know, I had, like, subjectively gnarly tricks. I wasn't, like, fucking, I wasn't, like, some of these dudes out here, you know. But um, I could do some shit, and I had, like, a little local sponsorship. But um, I never got any big ones. But, I mean, I was talking to a rep for a minute, but, yeah, I never, like, landed a big one. I think the first, the biggest thing I did in snowboarding is I got finals in Trans Am. So, like, that is, like, more of, like, a rail competition. And I got mm-hmm. finals in that. Uh, but after that year, man, like, <laughs> dude, you get, like, old so quick. And I got broke off, like, way too many times. And, like, nah, the money isn't really good at, like, the level I would have been. Like, if I would have stuck it out to go pro, dude, I would have been making, like, like, like $40,000 a year, which is, like, when you're, like, 30 years old and, like, breaking yourself the fuck off, that's not really a good gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes total sense. The the issue I ran into is snowboard. I, I didn't take it as far as you did, but I recognized pretty quick that uh, I could practice hard and work hard, but I didn't have the same natural talent that other kids had. Like there's kids out there that just have really good like body dexterity and balance and awareness, and they learn. You have to go through a hundred reps where you get injured to get something and they have to go through five reps and they don't get injured because they nail it almost the first time. And you could just yeah. see the gap. Like, uh, I'm not, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I feel that. No, I don't think I was, I wasn't like, I don't know, man, I could, I could just kind of like send some shit, but like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's like super humans out there on a yes. snowboard that'll, that'll just like send fucking like, dude, if you're like, if you're like, for instance, if you're like 11 years old and you can do like back sevens and shit off of like <laughs> decent like size jumps, like yeah, you got to like a, a a fight. You got a chance at that shit. You know what I mean? But like me, dude, like no, <laughs> no. I was alright, but not like that. So when you were in in the woods, did you? When did you start? Uh... I remember when I, I texted you or Instagrammed you about that. You said that you didn't play a lot of games because your mom was pretty strict. So now I'm getting kind of the idea. All right. It's a really small town. Was she just like classic American strict or was she religious strict mix of the two? No. Well, no, I'm paraf- I paraphrased super tough when I said that. My mom, my mom's not strict at all. She just specifically disliked video games. Oh, like just that one thing. Yeah. 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 So, like, for instance, like a better example of that kind of mindset is like we didn't have like cable television for probably okay. like maybe like 10 or 12 years of my childhood. Like there, we only had cable TV for like a little bit and it wasn't out. Of, uh, I mean, like, like we were kind of broke, but it wasn't even that. It was more like it was more my, like my mom just like really dislikes like consumerism and like in media. media and that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, but that's not me, man. <laughs> I don't agree with her on that, but but yeah, I I played like I played, but I had like the broke boy games. Like that was a thing. <laughs> I had I had like computer games, and I had like a Game Boy. Like I had all that shit. Like dude, I had like a Nintendo DS for a while. I had like um, fuck all, all like pretty much like the broke guy games. <laughs> Like, yeah. What uh, like what's the first game you remember ever playing? Uh Mega Man. Mega Man uh X on the Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, I had a I had a yeah, I had a Super Nintendo for a little bit. 
or what the fuck? Man, that was so long ago. No, I had a PlayStation One. I had a PlayStation One for a little bit, and I got and I got Mega Man on that. That was probably the first. It was either that or Sonic. I had Sonic on the computer, and dude, like I clocked fucking hours. On <laughs> oh man, I was so. How would uh, Sonic on the uh, on the computer? I wonder how how that uh, Sonic was it a PC? Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, I think it was Windows ninety eight. Oh time. yeah, like, here it is, nineteen ninety one. Sonic. I didn't know that. I didn't know it had a PC release back then. Damn, I went hard, dude. Nice. If I yo actually <laughs> yo, all right, talking about like gaming, gaming though. When I was like, when I was like eleven or something like that, twelve, thirteen, like those years, dude. I was like god tier at Quake three on the PC. Ooh. Like that shit. Oh man, I could fucking merc fools with Quake Three. First dude. of all, God tier is a term that I use, and very few other people use. So I'm glad you use that term. Number one, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Quake Three, I could see that. So you were born. You're obviously pretty much uh, quite a bit younger than me. What year were you born? Ninety three. Okay, I had, yeah. Dude, I had Mega Man so fucking late. Like that was the thing. Is my, my mom just got me like you know what I mean? Like I had like I see what you mean. So they were the old cheap games. By the time yeah. you were playing them, yeah. Exactly. Like, my homies were, like, on Madden and shit like that. Like, they were, like, <laughs> like, all the good shit. And I was, like, I was, like, fucking playing Sonic. Yeah, so you're playing Sonic on PC when your friends have, like, you know, PS2, PS3, whatever what the equivalent would have been at that time. Exactly. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but, yo, Quake 3, oof. Quake 3. On what, uh, yeah. how can you stop playing? quick man that's a good question i really don't know i think it's uh i think it's because i got a I got a mac mini like freshman year of high school for my video stuff because we were filming and editing snowboard videos so i got a mac mini for that and at the time it wasn't even a question it was like you got no gaming on max you yeah, know what i mean now you can you can kind of get away with like some of them mm-hmm. but you at the time it was like no definitely not so, so I think at that time I just, just stopped like gaming altogether outside of Skate Three. See, we got Skate Three at that time, or not Skate Three, but EA Skate at the time. I remember and, that, yeah, dude. So I still play Skate Three like to this day. Like, okay, yeah, that's skateboarders. I, I've, I haven't played three. I played the first one, f- the most. The second one a little bit, but. Uh, people swear by Skate Three. I I notice it has this cult following online. Yeah, that's no joke, dude. I'm part of that. Like that's like that shit is so real. Me, all of my homies, like all of my snowboard friends, like everyone in that community there, dude. Everyone still plays skate. Like if you go to parties to this day in like Vermont or like snowboard towns, they're still playing Skate Three. Like they'll have like PS4s and shit like that, but like they're still playing Skate Three. Like that is. That is like the best action sports video game for sure on the planet. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was popular, but I wouldn't. It kind of makes sense now combining it in snowboard towns, places where skateboarding and snowboarding is going to make a lot of sense. I had Omar actually, who introduced me to your music, was on like five or six episodes ago. And that's all he remembers playing. He grew up skateboarding and rollerblading. And he, he actually brought up, you might have been too young but do you remember a game called bmx triple x 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like its selling point was that it was all mature, and if you got a high enough score, you could get like a video of a stripper at the end of, in every level. Every level had a different stripper, and like pre-internet days, yeah. if, you, if you wanted to see some boobs, that was that was a pretty good option. And, Man, uh, people really coded that shit. <laughs> I know like, it's crazy. There's really a guy that coded that shit together. Like that's crazy. Yeah, he uh, but he brought up a lot of he brought up skate as well. Um, is one of the games that he remembered. Um, did you? Okay, so you would have had the internet basically from the as soon as you probably came like nine ten. You already had the internet for sure, right? Yeah, um, we had a family computer. It was real like small town shit like that, or like you know what I mean. Like it was real middle America shit like that. We had like a family computer. From man, I was probably. I mean, we might have been a little bit late, but whatever, whatever fourth grade is, that's that's you when had I got it by then. Yeah, yeah. like that. Were you yeah. uh, getting into music at that time with the internet immediately? Did you already have kind of a thing for music? Nope, super late. I was super late with music. Interesting. Not, not, not late in the sense of like some people. Some t- people like graduate high school and then start music. It wasn't yeah. like that. But I was fourteen when I started music, so. Oh, that's <laughs> that's not late. What are you talking about? Ah, uh, well, I mean, like I started like DJing though. You know what I mean? Uh, like I didn't really, I didn't really learn music theory until like eighteen, maybe something like that, okay. seventeen. I but, yeah, I meant like I guess I should have clarified. Produce. I started playing like instruments before fourteen, but I didn't start messing around with producing. And well, I started messing around with recording, but pro- actual producing. Oh, man, I was back in my mid twenties, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely. I'm way later than you in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I've been in it for like ten years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that for like ten. Yeah. Years. Damn. And I so I also want to go back. You mentioned you started messing around with the video when you got the Mac Mini in school, which kind of makes sense because one of the things that's really stood out to me that I'm when I record the intro for this and I'm going to like talk all this mad shit awesome about you because you're awesome is is the uh the video content the 3d content since when i when you came to slc i think you remember you saying it was like your first tour or your first show with like the whole kind of live set but you you weren't for my memory i could be wrong but i don't remember you churning out video content at that time and then it just seemed like all of a sudden not only were you making dope music but i follow a bunch of cinema 4d guys too and your shit's just as dope as theirs, but you're doing both. And I just thinking, like, how how is he doing this? Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So when I came to SLC, I had an the only video that was being done was, I mean, besides like little edits, like the only video that was being done was of like other people would make it, right? So when I came to SLC, the first the thing there was that was the first time that I was doing like live sets, right? Like, that was the first time that I started doing, like, stem mixing and playing all original sets and stuff. Yeah. Like, live. You know what I mean? Like, quote-unquote live. Not live live. Like, I'm yeah. playing the instruments. But, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I> know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh... It's but, more live than, I guess, DJing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. And, yeah, there's, like, things to it. I prefer doing that. But sometimes I'll just crank out a good DJ set for the fuck it's, of it. But, yeah, the, the it gets kind of boring just sometimes DJing. Do you get that? Sorry, sidetrack, but I wanted to ask. Yeah, no, I just want to give them something different, man. I think like as artists, we should all kind of present something unique. And I think if everyone on a on a festival lineup is just getting on CDJs and playing songs that they like, that doesn't really 
separate one artist from another besides like their taste, which I guess is cool. But like, that's not like an objective separator, if that makes sense. Like that's not yes. objectively different from one if you another. If you really love their taste and align with them, it'll be a great show for you. But for everybody else, if there's nothing else to it, it's kind of a, a thin slice. Yeah. Yeah, like so. Yeah, like for instance, like Kanye West is a crazy person, so I probably like wouldn't enjoy his taste in music, but I love his music, so I would like to see what he does for his performance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if he was like doing a DJ set, I mean, it'd probably still be pretty good. But like, I don't think we would like relate a hundred percent. You know? But I would like, yeah. So I just feel like as artists, we should kind of make a point to do our own thing. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, the video stuff came because I. Well, A, I was really tired of, like, paying people. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And B, I, uh, I kind of, like, saw my other friends doing it either for me or doing it, like, friends that worked in visuals and stuff. And, like, I was like, yeah, I'm smart. And I've, like, worked with, you know, Premiere and After Effects a little bit and, like, some, some video stuff. I've worked with that. So, like, I could probably just figure this out. But it was really when I started actually watching people doing it when I was like, yeah, I can definitely figure this out. And then I think I started right – what was it? It was – I want to say it was right before hmm, – no. Sorry, I'm, like, trying to remember. So it was, like, right before – like, two months before my EP Collapse came out, something like that, two or three months before Collapse came out, when I started actually doing CGI stuff, like 3D stuff. And then from there, I just, it's just been a continuous push. Like, I'm just kind of constantly trying to see how much I can do. And as far as like doing them both, like, I get asked that question from time to time. And my answer is just like, it's really just, I, I dedicate a lot of time just to making art because I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. And when I get, as much time well given as much time as i have to do that i really just dedicate like 50 50 like when i write a song then i'll spend like i'll spend like a week writing a song then a week making a visual then a week writing another song another visual etc 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 or however long it takes me you know what i mean it's really like a it's really like a 50 50 kind of thing okay and what was the learning curve the, the barrier of entry for the cinema 4d stuff coming from obviously you had a you understand layers and music and you've tinked around with video was it uh when did it start becoming oh i can get the program to do what i want and i'm really starting to be creative and figure things out the timeline i guess Oof. um yeah i mean i think i was i think i was fucking with some things i kind of want to say it's 2019 now so probably like probably mid-2017, maybe, like, early 2017. Okay. And so it, it was about – that's when I started, like, working, yeah, in, like, CGI stuff. It was probably – I mean, I immediately – I'm not going to lie. I immediately made a flyer for a show that I was playing, like, like week two of working in CGI, something like that. But um, by the time it was, like, oh, like, I can really kind of hash out ideas – I'd say like six months in when it, when it was like, Oh, I can make something, but it was still trash. And I still think on <laughs> not trash, but like subjectively trash, but I still, I still think, uh, I still think most of what I make with the exception of a few things is not up to par with where I want it to be. Like with music, when I have an idea, I'm going to fucking nail that idea. 
that yeah. idea can, because I'm 10 years deep, like I can do, I get whatever I think of. I can just like ace in the hole and I'm confident in saying that. But with visuals, that is not at all the case. It is maybe, maybe 70%. I can get 70% there, you know, but yeah. Is your plan with that, beside from the, so the marketing and the, the associated artworks and the release and all that stuff, are you incorporating that into your live sets or planning on incorporating that into your live sets? Yeah, I've done three so far. Okay, I've nice. done well, four technically, yeah. So I've done four so far. Um, we did one. We did one here in Seattle for Fatalism for the Fatalism release, and it was just like this big hour-long cohesive audiovisual thing. It was fucking awesome, dude. Like I like through that. Uh, no, there's like a minute-long recap thing. Okay. That I think is on my Facebook. We did, but we didn't like, you know, record the whole set. But I threw that show and I like booked the crocodile for it. And like the turnout was great and the, the set went flawless. It was fucking awesome. But I've done it then. And then I did, I, there's a live stream of like a, of a basic version of the AV set on my YouTube. But it's kind of just, like at the time, I didn't really get like clip transitions that well, so it's more just like clip for clip, song for song. But yeah. they're like, the music is mixed together, you know. And there is some like sick ass editing in there. I don't know. I'm still pretty proud of that. But there's an hour uh, hour live stream of that set, which is pretty much the same as the Fatalism live live set. And then I did a uh, summer meltdown in Washington, which was great, so sick. Uh, and then I did. Oh, yeah, uh, Rochester, New York, like a month ago or something like that. A month and a half ago. Nice. So is that going to be a permanent thing? Keep no. Involving it? It depends. To be perfectly honest, it depends on the budget. That's like the biggest thing. I'm not going to lie. Is it, it costs more money to do that because that's, that's just more work that went into that set than like a DJ set. So when you like book me, that's like I have two quotes. I have like an audio visual set, and then I have a. Uh, okay, that makes set. sense. Yeah, so I did. I did like a show in Vegas that was just a DJ set. Not just. I don't mean to marginalize it, but it was a DJ set. Yeah. And then for this festival coming up, it's going to be a DJ set. But for it, which is Nightfall, that's in like three days or something, like two, two or three days. But the reason that's going to be a DJ set isn't because of any like weird things like that, like the budget or anything like that. It's because uh, that lineup is a bunch of like really gnarly bass DJs. It's like a lot of rhythm DJs and stuff like that. And I can't really get into my Blade Runner world in there. And like, yes, Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Like those kids are going to be like hella disappointed by like a yes. set that's more, that's more like, what's the word for it? Like, cinematic maybe yeah cinematic they're gonna get a little bit like frustrated with that because i'm like like i think like mantis is like right after me or something like that so it's like i have to give them i have to give them like what i think is like fucking bangers but i'm still really excited about that set like man i got i'm cooking up fucking heat for that dj set it's gonna be a lot of fun nice um i like that you brought up blade runner do you listen to lauren at all dog favorite artist my favorite artist He's probably yeah. he yeah he's definitely one of my probably my most favorite yeah he uh, that makes a lot of sense because one thing I was gonna bring up um, I've always have a hard time articulating people that make dark or heavy music <clears throat> there's a certain flavor 
of dark music that is kind of hard to find. In my whole life, I found artists that kind of tap into, I don't even know what the word is for it. And you're there in like that spectrum, and Lauren is as well. I don't know what the word is. It's not like cheesy, dark, like, I don't know, Cannibal Corpse, some metal, or like Guar. But it's not like angry. I don't know how to, yeah, Blade Runner, Intelligent dance music cinematic i don't know what the word is for it but yeah. uh, there's very few people that hit that niche and you're one of them and now it makes sense that you like lauren because he's like the king of that to, in my opinion yes he he's the, in my opinion as well that's i call lauren the perfect artist because he <laughs> he just hasn't slipped up man like that's the thing like that dude's entire catalog and branding and everything is actually like more so than any other artist i've ever seen is like a flawless execution of his vision like talk he just never slipped up there's not a point in time in his catalog where you're like oh that's like out of whack like no the whole thing it makes total sense yeah he uh i hit him i I had a couple conversations with him on facebook when i first came i I came across him late by the way it was probably like three years ago so it's like a yeah. new, it's like a new favorite artist for me. It's when he released, um, I forget the, what the album's called. It's like black and white and has the mirror, has ice, uh, is the first song. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, um, another one with ghosts on it. Yeah. Now I'm going to feel dumb. I can't remember it. That's the problem with Spotify and playlists. You don't, yeah. you don't remember stuff. It's just my Lauren playlist. Uh, the Maze to Nowhere, that one, or um, no, Vessel. Uh, oh, Vessel's right after that, but it's the one that's got like a black and white Vessel, 2016. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was a little yeah. I think Maze to Nowhere or Nothing Else. One of those came out on Brain Feeder, which retrospectively I guess was his big break when I looked into him after getting into him. I think it was yeah. Nothing Else, but uh, yeah. So I didn't hear about him until Vessel came out. And uh, since then, everyone's better, man. His newest one, Rarities, has, man. I don't, we, I don't want to sit and talk about Lauren forever. But he's <laughs> awesome because people here are going to be like, that's boring as shit. He's definitely an acquired taste. I show people Lauren and they're like, well, they don't, they're like, there's nothing special about this. And it just kind of blows my mind. Yeah, it's well. It depends on how how people look at music, right? Like, it depends on what they're what they're listening for. Like, a lot of people are just kind of listening for like sonic like massages, if that makes sense. They want like they want something to just sound cool and crazy and like occupy their their time to- their uh, brain space, like their attention. Yeah. You know, that's how like a lot of people listen to music, or they want or like. Kind of like, with all due respect to, to, to a lot of people, um, the like kind of lowest, like the, the mass population, the like kind of like lowest common denominator really just wants to, they just like want something that's going to, in a primal sense, like uplift their spirits and be catchy. That's like the biggest thing is like how. Yeah, and I, I, I've, uh, I agree with you 100%. Sometimes I view it as like the lowest common denominator or sometimes if you flip it, that might be the highest common denominator. Right, right. And it's, it's like, weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It's like yeah. I, I have a love for pop music and it's, it's its place. And you're right. Like people like, I want to feel good. And the song's a powerful thing. It can make you feel good. Like my business totally. partner, he's always like, why do you listen to this dark shit? Like there's enough darkness in life. I don't want to feel more angry or more frustrated. 
But I don't, it's like, I don't know. If you don't have a taste for it, you don't have a taste for it. But if you do, Lauren is the shit. If you're listening, Levitate's yeah. the shit too. Lauren is also the shit. Yeah, yeah. Continuing on that thought, I mean, like, the thing with Lauren, I feel like when, if you're someone who listens to music to, to kind of like, to kind of like, I don't want to sound cheesy and say like expand your imagination, but if you're someone like that's listening to music for the sake of like, why did the artist do this? I need to understand what's going on in their imagination. You know what I mean? If you listen to music like that, I think Lauren is like excellent for that yeah. kind of shit. And there's a there's a good amount of other artists like that. I like I like dark music because it validates uh, how I feel, man. Like I think that's the psychology behind it. Like mm-hmm. I like dark music because like things aren't always the most chipper in life. And frankly, to know that someone else empathize, even if they're not there with me, but someone else wrote something that empathizes with that, it validates my feelings and it lets me know that like, you're not alone. And like, there's a reason that you feel this way because other people feel this way. You know what I mean? Yes. There's there's, like nothing better than when you're in like a shitty mood and then you find a song that just like hits the nail on the head Mm. for that mood. And then it's, it's somehow okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel the the feeling that I get from Lauren in some of your, your music's pretty heavy <laughs> in a good yeah. way, and I, I yeah. sometimes I lean towards the chill side. Um, those are, but uh, it's like darkness, but there's a sense of hope. Like, yeah, life sucks, but I'm gonna keep going. Exactly. That's yeah. what Lauren, a kind of a a bigger picture, feels like to me. Totally. Totally. I like with my music, I'm just like, I'm like, if life sucks, just fucking kill everything. No, I'm just <laughs> no, I just, I like to, I look at a lot of my stuff, like just fucking purging aggression, I guess. Like you, same you, reason you, I was But you go in metal. between, like uh, when, uh, I, think yeah. it's fa- I think it's fatalism, the one with like the butterfly that's burning, right? Is that fatalism? Yeah. Yeah, I sent my brother's also a big Lorne yeah. fan, and we geek out about Lorne. And I sent him, uh, I forget which track, because of Spotify, I believe. Well, I sent him one of the tracks from Fatalism. And I'm like, hey, this guy's like Lorne. And uh, th- that song specifically, there were some sections that were more ambient. And you, like, you, you have, like, motifs, like, this, anyway. People who aren't into music, I'm like, why the fuck are you not talking about video games? But <laughs> anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. You you do both, but uh, you also like to party. Have a, like you can party. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm trying to blood rave. Like that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I like, dude. Like when I like to party, like I want it to be fucked up. I want it to be dark ass. Shit. I've never heard blood rave. I love that term. <laughs> Like in that scene in Blade. <laughs> uh, I've had a speaking of dark music. I've had a couple other producers on that are uh, definitely not the same vein as you. Like I would, I would put like uh, Lorne. I guess do you know who Decay is? He's from Salt Lake. SLS, uh, uh really long curly hair. It's more like Monster Cat style. Yeah, music. Yeah, that rings the bell. Heavy. He uh he really likes Tool. Uh, we have a, like a common kind of Tool. I bet would you like Tool. I'm assuming you would. Yeah, well, I I like I slept on Tool really tough. I I like a bunch of their music, but the reason I slept on Tool is because my sister was such a fan, and I was like, when I was younger, my sister's older than me, so when I was younger, I was like, nah, that's like lame shit. Like yeah, my right. sister likes that. Oh uh, I mean? yeah 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 that makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I just not. they hit that they hit they hit that kind of like darkness, but not cheesy darkness, authentic darkness sort of yeah. mark as well, which is why I, I like. I think they're, I think they're really great. I think they're su- extremely good musicians. But I was just so late in life when I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should listen to Tool. You I know? just saw them live, and the the actually what stuck out to me wasn't the the music was awesome, their musicianship was awesome, but the stage production, the visuals were uh, yeah. something I had never seen. You know, like they made everybody sit. Like even in GA and the flat, there was no sit, like no standing. Everyone was seated, and you couldn't take your phone out. Like they would, literally, they would kick you out if you're if they saw you on your phone. A guy would come, and I saw like they were strict about it. And it, and it was like crazy, but they they advertised it everywhere. Like as you're walking in, like this is for real. We will take your phone away. And it created an atmosphere where like everyone was there for the performance. There was no socializing. There was no like drunk people wandering around and paint. Like we were there to see a show. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I, I was refreshing because I mostly I go to clubs and when I go out I see friends play. It's like a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to have the ability to do that one day, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm so far from there right now because, like, if I told someone <laughs> my show, like, they'd be like, "All right, dude, I'm fucking leaving." <laughs> but like, um, no, one day, man, that would be so cool. I I get really frustrated, dude. I get super frustrated at that. I think I I just saw this clip on Twitter, uh, maybe yesterday or this morning or something like that, where like. It was at the sudden death. It was like sudden deaths, like opening show or something like that in his in his tour, where it's like he has like his AV set now, and it was his opening song. And like I shit you not, in this in this shot, which ironically was being filmed by a phone, you can see about like seven hundred phones. Like it's uh, like every other person in the crowd is like filming on their phone. Yeah, like I get it. You want to remember it? it? Yeah. But like, there's like YouTube video. Evidently, there's 700 YouTube videos. <laughs> you can probably put yeah. your phone away. You know? Yeah, I thought that was a good. I thought that was a good move by them. And um, it also, it actually, their audio visual set. It just made me think of like, okay, I could see you turning into like a show like that. Or there's a. Do you know X and G from SLC as well? Oh yeah, dude. Okay, yeah, they're my. Oh. Yeah, Omar's homies with them. They're homies with us. They uh, yeah. they showed me a guy called Woodkid. I don't know if you've heard of Woodkid. I'm, I don't know. Woodkid. He's some French dude, and what he does is he he composes everything like the visuals. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but at first when you see it, but it makes sense when you know it, everything is written, composed by him. All the music, the orchestra, the visuals, and but then he just comes out on stage and kind of dances. In front of like his creation, audio, visual, orchestra. It's got dancers. It's got like a uh, fucking snare. We you know they're called marching band dudes. They're all moving, yeah. and it's all his like composition. Gazia from X and G showed him to me. That's fucking insane. Let me. By the way, I just realized you're probably you're probably getting a bit of. Oh, that's a shame. I don't know where they are. You're probably getting like a bit of feedback from my computer. Uh, Let us see. Yeah, shit. Actually, you know what? I don't I think really I lost have... my headphones, but oh. okay. yeah, there we go. There we go. Let me just plug in my headphones because I just realized there's probably a good amount of bounce back. But yeah, so that's insane. I uh, what you just told me that sounds extremely interesting. What was his name? Woodkid. 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 So yeah. it's like a. So it's like a 
an orchestra then. Yeah, it's a orchestra. I don't know if it's a. I don't know what the correct terminology for a full orchestra is, but it looks like a full orchestra to me. Uh, marching band players, dan- dancers, uh, audio visual visuals in the background, lighting, and it's all his. Uh, and then he just kind of stands on stage and like dances and moves around, but it's all his. If you don't know that and you're just watching it, you're, you're just like, why is there's a guy just dancing? But then when you know, it's like, oh, this is his whole thing. Oh, I lost you. Now I can't. Uh, you're probably your headphone mic. Uno momento, folks. We can just look at his beautiful smile while he figures this out. Oh, shit. Looks like it's just me. It's just me. All right. All He's right. back. There we go. Do you have audio? Yeah, I can hear you. Sound good. Right. I don't know if it's coming from my laptop or my headphones at this point, but as long as we it, it's your headphones, there's less uh, room room tone. Oh, so, that's uh, good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna check out Wood Kid because that's something that I've always that's a level I've always wanted to get to. Is wait, so where is were his visuals CGI or were they like film? Uh, more film based oh, than CGI based. I was going to ask about your CGI stuff, and I, I thought the reason why I reached out and I was like, dude, he's got to be into gaming because some of your C- CGI stuff reminds me of like sci-fi and some video game art aesthetics that I really enjoy. So I sort of assumed that you would be gaming as part of the inspiration going into your CGI. I have um, – no, uh, not – I mean like how do I put it? Yeah, game. I, I'll I'll be honest. Gaming outside of a few maybe isn't a huge source of inspiration because more often than not, I'm kind of trying to emulate something I saw in film. Film, okay. you know, and bring it to the 3D world. That being said, there's a few exceptions there though. I think um, Quake Four for Xbox 360 had an amazing look to it, and I think all of the Doom series. Has uh, looked has yeah. looked really fucking cool. Yeah. Um. I, there's a there's a few others in there. I dude, I think that new Destiny looks really really cool too. I I was just watching my roommate play that and like, damn, that is a beautiful beautiful game. Some of, but I'm gonna be honest, man. Like, there's a lot of games that really miss the mark. Like, the, in my opinion, this is totally subjective, but in my opinion, a lot of games overdo that that kind of like cliche cyberpunk quote-unquote mm-hmm. aesthetic and they make it really poppy like it makes it almost like like everything's super bright colors and like poppy and cliche and almost like an upbeat version it's like a major key version <laughs> of, yeah, i know i know exactly yeah yeah and i think that's like brutally overdone like yeah brutally overdone in video games but there are there are some gems out there. There are serious gems out there. Yeah, I think a lot of the inspiration though is mostly mostly film. There's like and weird shit too. Super weird shit. Like HR Geiger's shit with like Alien was so cool. And just like I don't know, other artists too, naturally. Like former is always doing incredible stuff. He's super inspiring. There's a lot of that. Yeah. I think it's probably because I mean gaming pulls pulls from film all the time as well i mean film's sort of the og and that's in the visual space 
And so, oh, uh, yeah, co- there might be some co- overlap where I, I'm seeing something that, like, oh, in your work, that reminds me of something that I've been exposed to in the gaming. But they might, you guys, you guys might have a common ancestor when it comes to inspiration. Yeah, uh, that be. I just remembered Kojima is like the sickest. Yeah, yeah, Kojima. He he's uh. So my joke with the the podcast is, I grew up. The reason I asked about strict parents, I grew up super strict Mormon parents, and and it's like as a joke about it now. Uh, the joke with the the podcast is is that the holy trifecta of gods, Miyamoto the father, Kojima the son, and Carmack, John Carmack the Holy Ghost, commanded me to uh, to make the one true gaming podcast, which is just kind of making fun of Mormonism, just me coping with oh I was raised in a completely false paradigm. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> we'll, yeah. figure, we'll figure this out as we go. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Kojima, I, I put Kojima when I was thinking about like if I want to make a mock sort of godhead for video games, one of who are like uh, Kojima's the son. I mean, he's Jesus. He's like he's a legend. I mean, he's like he's like the Lorne, the equivalent of Lorne for me when it comes to video games. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think in that dude's in all the Metal Gear in all the Metal Gear like catalog, you don't really see. You don't really see like cringe moments that doesn't really happen in like not even metal, just all of his catalog. Honestly, you don't really see a lot of cringe moments besides maybe the fact that like 20 people are named snake in metal gear. <laughs> um, but like outside of that, you like, get a little confusing. Yeah, it gets extremely confusing. Like <laughs> I was watching playthroughs of like super early, like the first metal gear. And it was like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, yeah, no, he uh, like the art direction though. There's not really like there's not really any cringe moments. And dude, like Death Stranding, what the fuck, man? I was gonna That's ask. So I, was, I was gonna ask if you're if you've been watching Death, the art style for Death Stranding, just the look, and sort of what I can pick up from the lore of the the world he's building. Like it's, yeah. uh, I'm really really intrigued. It comes out I think in like a week or two weeks. It's just getting close. On uh, it comes out on like PlayStation first or something like that. But the PC the drop PC is like two twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's like a few months out. But yeah, I'm fascinated. That game, that game seems to validate a lot of things that I've been thinking are really dope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, like a lot of ideas that that I've kind of had, or like even just shit like as basic as like textures and color palettes and that kind of stuff, mm. and just general ideas that I've had in the back of my head or like that I've been working on uh, to see that game drop. It like, it validates that shit on like another level. It's like, Oh my God, he had the same kind of basic ideas that I had, but made him like a hundred times cooler. Did you uh, start developing a taste for the darker side of visuals and music as a kid in the, in the small wood town? (laughs) What's that? Fuck forest town. Wood town. God, my English, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, my little small town in the woods. Small town. Yeah. Why couldn't I remember that? Yeah, man. No, I I ain't never like bright shit. <laughs> um, so from from like, the from the get go, you've always been attracted to the dark side uh, of the force. Yeah, I mean, like besides maybe like like fuck, even in grade school, I listen to really like gnarly shit. But um, what'd you listen to but, in grade school, dude? But like you gotta keep in mind, like I was a grade schooler. You I know? won't judge you. I dude, mine's. I guarantee my list is worse. So don't worry about it. 
Okay, yeah. Like, I was listening to, like, a lot of, like, Jedi mind tricks. Like, as if I was, like, hard in grade school. That's not that bad. But, like, and Linkin Park. Like, I fucking yeah. loved Linkin Park yeah. in grade school. I like Linkin Park a lot. I actually still to this day, man, like, they have their early stuff, like, specifically Hybrid Theory. Hybrid and, Theory. Like, Meteora. Yeah. Like, when that my- song. Yeah. That songwriting. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Their songwriting is so fucking good. It's I- so good. I've always speaking of like the uh, whether it's the lowest common denominator, common denominator, or the highest common denominator. I always felt like Lincoln Park was like, look, they can make a pop song anytime they want. Like they know, they have the art down, but they also can make heavy stuff, and they're putting it together in a way where you you get this kind of you know what's that meme where it's like the white muscle arm clasping the other black muscle arm and it's like something yeah, they agree yeah. on, and it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like pop fans and like rock and metal heads can agree. On, on Lincoln Park, and I actually, I mean, I know they're not the most heady type, like they're they're pop, whatever. But man, they do that balance. I think better better than anyone I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, especially like kind of in the middle of their career. That I mean, dude, they did they did fucking reanimated. Like, don't That's, I feel oh, so good? You know, like I feel like people like really forget about that because like that project is so sick. Um, yeah, them and I wasn't listening, dude. So I wasn't listening to the Deftones when I was a kid, but right now, Deftones are like my, like, like from that era of like, people call that new metal. I don't really, I mean, I guess like Deftones are new metal, but not like that. They're not Fred Durst new metal. No, they're um, not that kind of new metal. Yeah. From that era, like Deftones still like is a huge inspiration. I'd be interested. So now that you've got into them retroactively, because I've always had this theory, let me preface this, I've always had a theory that a band's, like, usually in a band's life cycle, they'll have, like, one or two albums that hit at the kind of the beginning of their rise. And those are usually considered the best albums because that's where, like, the most loyal fans were birthed. Um, and I, I just see this pattern all the time. And I always thought, like, well, if no one knew about this band and then all of a sudden we had access to all ten of their albums, would that album really be considered their best album in retrospect? So I'm asking you, coming into Deftones late, what uh, what album's your best album? Well, because <laughs> if you say White Pony, then you're gonna ruin my theory. Well, here's the thing, man. <laughs> like Deftones is like a bad example because even like hard Deftone heads like still say White Pony is the best yeah. album. Like is, <laughs> I I do I think it's the best album, but I don't know if that's my bias because. That's the album that introduced me to Deftones. And when you're a teenager, those are like when you're idols, you know, like there's a magic age when it comes to music or video games or movies, you know, yeah. from like 12 to 18. Like that really, that's where your taste is kind of brewed. The taste that's going to carry you for the rest of your life. And you and I have a little overlap in the darkness world of the taste. And that's why I'm like, I love Deftones as well. And, and, uh, and But White Pony was like the album. Yeah, dude. Like, I I agree with that. I like I have like four songs on rotation from White Pony still. Like, like regularly. I listen to a grip of their albums too, but they go in like the. If I'm speaking like totally honest and subjectively, they get really into that like, like I want to say like '90s, '90s, '90s kind of like eerie shit. They yeah. go like way deep into that where it's like kind of hard, but also like sounds like. Sounds like, I don't like psychedelic rock kind of some shit. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like it's kind of that amb- ambiguous 
kind of vibe but it was like on white pony from my experience just from from like listening to a group of their music it was like on white pony where they where chino hits that fucking angst that good ass angst that you want you know that's like where i i heard it really nailed there's a few songs from from uh that whatever that album is where it's like that fucking super close-up picture of that girl there's a few songs on that album that i think are kind of close i know you're talking about yeah 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 but on white pony like dude it's like pink maggot on white pony where you're like like that is like perfectly like angsty you can feel the tent the tension through that song that the album version this is a perfect segue into the next thing i wanted to ask like this because you talked about reanimation which wasn't the 90s but it was early 2000s where yeah. this like this this odd this audio aesthetic and visual aesthetic that's like kind of dark but there's a certain flavor of darkness that i really like that's hard to find and sometimes i trace it back to the 90s or like uh depeche mode for me Ooh, like night, like violator one. when the album violator and the songs of faith and demotion which is also <laughs> when he got into heroin and white ponies when chino was into heroin so maybe <laughs> it has something maybe it has something to do with heroin but i was just talking with my friend about people writing music on heroin the other day actually i have this i have this friend who actually like is an ex-heroin addict and um he has his shit together super well now and he's an incredible artist, but we were talking about um, people writing, making art on heroin and how like so much of like Roger Waters music, he was like evidently on heroin and like really, really good shit too. like amazing records are about or while he was, you know, and um, <laughs> what, what my friend said is he was like, dude, I don't get it at all. He's like, I did heroin a bunch of times and like never once did I think about writing good music. So I don't yeah. know how it happened. Yeah, that's uh, but in that 90s, like early 90s, you had Depeche Mode. You had like kind of EDM. So at least in the you would have been I mean, you were born later. So in the 90s for me, like only electronic music that was dance was like weird German techno stuff right we just we just everyone in america was like oh techno it just is a big mass label techno but we had electronica where it was like depeche mode people who were doing electronic stuff but it wasn't dance music so that's what i grew up on was like um and what about you what were you listening to in the night for the 90s stuff um this had to be late 90s though it's hard to pinpoint it because like I, sidebar like sidetrack a lot of my music taste when i was a kid kid comes from my my best friend's brother's ipod so like i bought this <laughs> ipod yeah dude like it's he had weird sick how taste. the world works that way yeah 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 he had sick taste in music and I, he had like ten thousand songs on this thing and so like i bought this dude's ipod and it was just like everything you know so it's hard to pinpoint when a lot of this stuff was but like chemical brothers yes huge yes yeah that was like as far as electronic stuff chemical brothers are huge huge um and like prodigy but i think that's like more like really early 2000s late 90s stuff like when did the fat of the land drop is that like i should know that let me look it up fat i want to say it might be like 99 like i i'm not really sure though 97 97 okay yeah yeah so yeah like prodigy for electronic stuff but for like 
rock stuff i mean or like anything like you know any like organic kind of music in the 90s i mean like yeah when i was actually when the year 2000 was when i was seven but of course like i was listening when i was like younger when i was listening to music like 10 11 12 13 14 there was still a good amount of shit from the 90s nirvana was right on like yeah regular you know like that nirvana was on rotation and then dude like more overwhelming than anything though hip-hop like all of east coast hip-hop from the 90s like still to this day illmatic on rotation um a lot of mob deep shit a lot of big a tribe called quest was like my favorite for a really long time but like this is fucked up to say now because my 14 year old self would like kill me but like i I don't really vibe with that shit like when, the same way I did when I was a kid. Well, try, I was, I'm surprised. I liked them growing up too, but I was surprised when you said that because they're like the opposite of hard. They're like happy, like, yo, what's up, bro? It's, it's fun why, times. It's fun yeah. times, but it's not dark by any stretch of the means. Exactly. Like, uh, like the times when I was really listening to them heavy was when I was like 12 and 13 for a, a few years. But it was, like, everything on my catalog was, like, fucking gnarly or, like, super gangster rap. Like, at least, like, 90s old school gangster rap kind of shit. And then when I turned, like, when I moved away and, like, grew up a bit, you know, like, was a real adult, I, I came back to Tribe and was, like, yeah, like, I... like I It's, it's like, not working. <laughs> yeah, like, I like this stuff, but, like, I don't, like... Like, like I don't know. I don't man. like it. Yeah, yeah. What about yeah. movies? Because was there any movies that stuck out to you that you kind of think that f- sort of formulated your taste that you're now expressing? Fuck yeah, Fight Club, dude. Fight Club, yeah, that makes sense. Um, God, there's a lot, dude. I have to really think about that though, dude. Like, oh man. I'm like, man, that makes me like drop the OG Blade Runner, but that was when I was like, that was that was before. Like, Did you I like the born. new Blade Runner? I like the new Blade Run- Runner equally as the old Blade Runner. It's like a flat. I'm going to say me. something even slightly more blasphemous. I like it more. I don't slightly uh, I think... more. Like, just it may, it's kind of like what am I weighing? Like the obviously the production value of the new one, yeah, is light years beyond. Yeah, um, there's some more things about the original that's more magical, but like, I I don't know. I saw it in IMAX the first time, uh, and I I went and saw it the next day and brought my wife. It's like this is something you have to see in a theater. It's there's no, you're not going to oh, get yeah. the full experience seeing this at home. Like we're going to go see this in IMAX tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I think I think the new one, yeah, the production quality is way better. And the pacing is even better, and it's slow as fuck. But, like, the old Blade Runner, the pacing is, like, if you're not in it for, like, aesthetic pur- purposes... You're going like, to lose, yeah. You're going to get lost. Yeah, dude, it's, like, almost unbearable, yeah. you know, because it's so... Yeah, it draws on so much. The thing, my big beef with the, with the new one, though, is that Hans Zimmer scored the new one, and I think he botched it, dude. Like, I... If you asked me to score Blade Runner... Like, or even ask me who I would suggest to, to score Blade Runner. Holy hell, would the soundtrack have been so much better? Like, it's entirely mm. made up of drones. It's like simple drones, and the sound design is not even like it's not even progressive. Like, it doesn't yes. do. They don't. 
Yeah, I they don't. Have... I agree with you 100. percent When I first saw it, I th- I guess I interpreted it as like this was like an artistic move to be this sort of really simple. Like maybe there's a reason behind it. Maybe and maybe I had bias because I was like, oh, it's Blade Runner, so I'm already. I already think it's the best thing in the world because I've already decided it's the best thing in the yeah. world before I saw yeah. it. There's probably some of that going on. The only thing that comes to mind is the opening shot where they're uh, showing him flying over like the mega farms. It's in like the first like five minutes. I remember yeah. liking the sound design for that, but as you were talking, I'm like, you know what? Other than that one moment, nothing else sticks out to me from the whole movie. Dude. Yeah. Like, so even from a music theory standpoint, their drones are made up of like root and third notes. It's like, it's like basic shit like that. Like it was, all of their, I remember like the melodies that they chose for drones or like the notes even that they chose for drones are like not even hidden, man. Like yeah. <laughs> I can, I can think of like, like cause really drones are made up, but they're just big chords, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know, six notes or something like that. Um, and like, I just even remember like, dude, this is just like, it's almost like Hans Zimmer slept on it really tough if if you ask me like i would have had tice uh score blade runner he's for, he's like one third in noisia rest in peace um and yeah i like, just saw that headline there i guess they're like one more tour and they're done right or, yeah i mean i can't be hurt because they're grown men and they know what they're doing so like yeah. there's obviously like there will be good content to come out from all three of them but you know we all love noise okay so, so your first pick would be uh tice from noisia who did your second pick be John Hopkins. John Hopkins. Okay, third pick. Um, third pick. Hold on. Lauren. <laughs> okay. I would have said Lauren number one. Uh, I'm yeah. thinking real time. Number two uh, would be actually someone I just recently came across. So this might be recency bias because I'm in love with him right now. His name is uh, Anthony. Let me just Google it. Uh, Anthony Balbino. Anthony Baldino. So let me uh, read you his rap sheet. Anthony Bald. You'll recognize some of the movies. He just came I out with. He came out with like a IDM modular, like a all modular synth album the other day. That tri. Did you ever listen to Triphonic? Back Triphonic. The Triphonic. They're kind of. I think you'd like them. They're uh. They're more down tempo, but dark. It's not heavy. I'll check it out. But it's dark and it's down tempo. They they uh, tweeted about him, but uh, he has done what uh, movies was it? Music department. Uh, whatever, I can't remember, and I don't want to waste your time. But anyway, he's like a new guy, Anthony Baldino, and then um, number three, Blade Runner. I literally have no idea. <laughs> Yo, one o tricks point never would be hella good though. Uh, have you heard of Monument? Monument, you'd like, Monument, you'd like him. He's a. I'll check him out. He's a Lauren like. Uh, I don't want to say Lauren copy if he ever comes across this, but uh, when I heard it, when I heard him, I'm like, oh, someone who, like, can actually kind of hit that same taste that I can rarely get. That was like yeah. the first thing that came to me. So it's a compliment, not a, not a, not a diss in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, He's homies with Mad Zach. Yeah. Okay, so they're like kind of in that world. Anyway, that's interesting you brought it up that you didn't like the soundtrack. I never thought that, but nothing stands out to me. 
to what uh well yeah the thing is yeah the thing is is like that's like my dream gig you know what i mean uh, so yeah i was go yeah like i was going into the movie like dude oh what they cook up like, the best of the best like this is probably going to be this is probably going to be incredible here you know what do, what do they got yeah. and then i just i just walked away like dude that was not anything that was so boring with like the soundtrack or the score well like, Levit- know, yeah. levitate levitate for blade runner 2095 let's get it let's let's, let's get, get it, it on yeah but, uh, did I, you i really like the lore in that uh not the lore. I say something else that maybe we we have a shared common interest in is what I like about Blade Runner is they they have like a really well thought out world, but they don't just overtly explain everything how the world works. You sort of pick up from like watching things and 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 uh, what I liked is uh, Jared Leto's character. Yeah, yeah blind yeah. guy with like the drones. Yeah, I thought that was they go cool. they go way more in depth with um, the web series. On that, there's two on episodes, him. right? Or there's there three. There's three. I but, missed the yeah. third one then. It, dude, they're hard to find now because I don't think they like kept the servers up for that whole thing. So it's like not the easiest to find all three of them. It's like I remember, dude. I remember going back and trying to find all three of them, and it's like a fucking like uh, what's the word for it? Like a goose chase. You know what I mean? It's wow, like goose a chase. Yeah, or like a like yeah, it's like a scavenger hunt. It's hard to it's hard to make it to really find all of them. But yeah, there's three of them, and one of them they really dive into Jared Leto's character. It's pretty dope. Is that really the one dope. where he like shows up to a guy's desk? He's like negotiating the deal for something, and he has he has like the androids with him. I forget how it played out, but he has there's like the the mic drop moment. Where, yeah, like, yeah, because so with that storyline like the re- replicants like dude man you got this is some nerdy shit to talk hey about. man that's what we're hey that's what we're here for it's a fucking video game podcast that's so funny okay yeah so you got in the storyline you have replicants like rebelled like they became like self-aware and they weren't disciplinary anymore they weren't like fully disciplined anymore and so they banned they banned the production of replicants oh, that's but what Jared, it was. he's trying to undo the ban yeah yeah right? yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah because he makes like new replicants he makes like better replicants like his company does and then um he gets all these like you know like whatever like movers and shakers in a room and they're dude it's so fucked up man like they have like <laughs> the two replicants there just standing next to him the whole time and then he drops the ball and he's like yeah these these are replicants and then he was like grab that piece of glass right there and the replicant does it and then he's like Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Dude. Oh yeah. Fucked up. It's fucking gnarly, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. watching that and being like, why? I don't know why they chose to do a web series in between the first two movies. I guess the movie was already long. Yeah. But um, I remember telling people because some people went and saw it and they didn't like it. And I was like glowing reviews. I'm like, oh, they need to see the web series. And I remember that one standing out to me. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense because in the movie he he gets a little bit of screen time, but he's just kind of this like austere, mystical guy that you don't really know much about him. Other than he's super rich and he has like ten eyes that float around <laughs> yeah. him, and and he looks really cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it is like the, it, that movie is so ambiguous. If you're not like a fan of the story, yes, like it, it just makes it. Um, it's not that it makes no sense, but it's like you have. It's a guessing game. It's more like atmospheres. If you don't understand what's really happening, like even dude, even after I watched both the movies, I still had to like backtrack and like watch them again and the yes. web series and to, to understand like everything that's happening because there's a lot of just shit that they like leave you to assume happened. Yes, you know. But that's where you get like good discussion boards. I mean, sometimes my favorite thing is to hop on Reddit and see what people are talking about and see like kind of the discourse that's being inspired. Sometimes it's just dumpster fire, but sometimes it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I totally agree. Reddit's rad for that. I need to use Reddit more. I get I get occupied with like the dumb stuff like Facebook and Instagram, dude. It's too convenient. Dude, it's like fa- right there. Facebook is a uh, – I will – Admit it. Like I have done lots of drugs. I've done, I've done all sorts of things. Nothing has hooked me in a way like as pernicious as Facebook. That is, I have legitimately have an addiction. Yeah, it's bad. I well, I don't. I'm getting better at avoiding Facebook now because I've noticed. I've noticed that the ratio of positive to negative information is like overwhelmingly negative. Like every time I'll go there, it's probably like. For me, for my timeline and stuff, it's like like three to one negative to positive as far as like whether you're seeing comments that are, you know, that are uh, what's the word for it? Having uh, what's the uh, con- there's like whether conflict? you're seeing confrontational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like conflicts. Yeah. Conflict comments or, you know, or you're seeing just posts that are about trash, like some dumb political thing that is just <laughs> ethically fucked up. <laughs> or or it's just like hating which is the most like yes. my facebook is overwhelmed with like just negative stuff like even if they have point this is what i think people really sleep on is like even if you have a point it doesn't better any situation to express that point you know what i mean there's a lot of stuff that i dislike that i think are distasteful but it's not fixing anything for me just to be on social media and be like yo fuck that guy like yeah, that doesn't yeah do anything like it doesn't help besides, anything yeah it, besides it riles 20 people up to be like yeah i also don't like that guy's stuff and then it's like what did you guys even accomplish there you the know problem I mean? is uh, mine is probably worse i say it's like five to one and yeah. i don't i don't like sit and browse it i guess but the problem is it's like when i'm bored like uh i have like a five minutes in between something it's like a it's an instinct instagram or facebook yeah. Boom. One of the two. Instagram is better because yeah. your explore tab is shit. It's the opposite. The algorithm's like, this is all shit you like. Here's some, here's some cyborg pictures. Here's some CGI. Here's some music. Here's some drumming. Here's some MMA. It's like, I can't stop. It's also yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's also visually driven content. Yes. There's not really, yeah. there's not a lot of dialogue outside like twitter is an exception i think because twitter is mostly like jokes but there is a ton of back and forth on twitter but they're really like cutthroat you know what i mean that that the kind of community in there is like really like not a lot of bullshit goes on i guess compared to facebook though where people will have long-winded conversations about stuff and it's dark and bad and mean it can (laughs) get it can yeah it can get crazy yeah rude as hell people are super rude and i'm not saying that as like an internalized thing i actually don't engage with it a lot i just watch 
And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you people are like so fucking passionate. This is, it's like you're passionate about what, you know what I mean? What are you passionate about right now? You're passionate about just like the most random shit. You know what I mean? Like, like they'll, they'll put their whole like afternoon on the line to discuss like, God, vaccines or some shit. Vaccines. Thank you. That was (laughs) vaccines. Like, Oh my God, are you kidding me right now? But yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of that. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything too divisive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm Speaking of, that. as it leads into my next question, I was about to ask is, um, what do you do? Like, how do you approach social media as from a from promoting yourself as an artist? How do you view it as? Because I do marketing as my day job. I still make music for fun, whatever. I'm at home all day, either making music or doing marketing. But I don't really mix the two. They're kind of two separate worlds. And I've I've thought like is is what do you find right now is the most effective way to grow your brand? Oh man, I don't know if I'm like the guy to ask for that because I'm I, I play the long game. I play like a long, genuine game. As far well, your as, like, music style is kind of geared to that too. You don't have it's going to be you're creating devoted fans for a lifetime. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, man. And like I'm not saying one way is better than another. Although I have noticed that I've been able to. This sounds like really sellouty, but like, believe me, like I'm just trying to eat here. So like, I have noticed that it's easier to kind of like monetize my brand than a lot of other people's brands. So like, pe- other people's brands, I'll notice, will have like, I don't know, maybe like two times the following I have on stuff. But it's not as it's a lot more difficult for them to really like pay rent, you know. And I've noticed because of the because my fans are fucking awesome. Your fa- well, you have people. a very unique flavor, so they're there for you. Yeah, yeah, and they're you. interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I can, I can get the, I can get the, the paid downloads, and I can get the, the Patreon members, and I can get the people who buy merch and like go to the shows and stuff because it's like it's luckily enough like I, I make real genuine fans, and for me that's like that's just rent. You know what I mean? I can still pay my bill, I can pay my bills off that, which is awesome. Um, with marketing though. There's not a lot of suggestions, man. Like I do, I did like a long video on everything that you can do on my Patreon, but pretty much it's just this long list of like, if you guys don't know, like you can make your own art with Photoshop and you can, you know, uh, you can make an account with a PRO and, you know, join BMI and then you'll get performance right royalties, you know, all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, like, I think just like cranking out the most content and doing everything you can with it is like the best you can do. Extracting as much value out of it once you've got it out. Yeah, exactly. Cause that's different for everyone. Like with a lot of people that just write like club hits, it's like, or like, you know, bangers and like, that's what they love. I'm not, I don't have like a bias against that or not, but if that's what you do, then it's like signed to a label that puts out bangers. And so you'll be affiliated with people that write bangers. But like, if you have this like brand and, and shit and you have like this, your own unique thing then it's like you from my experience you have to just like do every little thing you can to i look at it this way man like when i was younger when i was younger i used to look at fan bases and like being successful as like zero to a million i was like one one day i'm gonna have a hit and then i'm gonna get like a million fans Mm, right like just like it's gonna be like boom and then i'm famous and what i realized as i get older is it's almost like 
it's almost like one singular fan is like equally as valuable as like an infinite number of fans. Like when it comes to the actions, it's like something I've found is that, and maybe that's not so true in a literal sense, but like something I've found is that like, if you can literally shoot the shit with someone on the internet and you're like, Hey, yeah, like I also like this stuff. Like, I don't know if you saw my stuff or like you show them your stuff or your stuff comes up or anything like that. And then you like make a good impression on them. Like, that fan that you just made that like if they're like yes i do like your material yes you are a nice guy yes i did mm. talk to you yeah like, yeah that one fan is worth so much dude like over 10 years that that shit accumulates and accumulates and then it's like next thing you know you have like a movement i, I don't know if i'm there yet but like i've noticed that shit is so invaluable and i can like, i can see that with myself like going back to lauren sorry those she's like oh fucking lauren again uh yeah I same thing. I came across his music vessel. I messaged him on Facebook. I didn't know if he was famous or not. I just found his music, found his artist page, and I immediately had some production questions because I was like, "How are you getting some of these sounds that I'm hearing?" And he chatted with me for a while, and just like yeah. talked about this is what I'm doing. And then I became a super fan. And now I'm t I talk. This is probably like the fifth episode of the podcast. I talk about him all the time. So <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. You know, how many? How many I'm even if I talk about it all the time, I might convert another five people, and if they become as devoted as me, then that just slowly builds and builds and builds that's the thing, man, like I have like clicks of people that are fans of my music, you know, like that's the coolest thing in the world, like that was the reason I got booked in Rochester is because like this one dude was like a fan of my music and then like put all his friends on, and then all his friends started a production company, and they're like, dude, we're booking levitate. Like, it's yeah. like, that's the coolest shit ever. You know what I mean? I think it's like, there's like a gazillion little bits of advice about like marketing and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you know, make a fully branded package that's all cohesive and a good logo and all that. So you, like, you can go on forever about the industry stuff, but like, you can learn all that shit from the internet. You can learn all that shit from seeing other brands. That's not hard to find out. What's hard to find out is that like, it pays not to be a dick. Like, that's mm. the thing, man. Like, it pays to take these humans seriously because they're your fucking livelihood and they're good-ass people, you know? And also, it pays to pay attention to what kind of fan base you have. That's, like, such a huge thing. Oh, my what God. Are you, what are your thoughts of, like, obviously, if it continues to build and you get to a point where you, you, there's, you don't have the bandwidth to interact with your fans at the same granular level you did on the come-up, and inevitably, mm -hmm. I see that happens when I... Like producing, doing music, and touring. Like you run into guys like, oh, I knew this producer before he was big, and like this, the same common theme comes up. Well, now he's kind of he's too good, or he's an asshole now that he's like I would hear that all the time, and I'm like, is that really, or is it just sort of like your life split apart, and he got big and you didn't, and he's not really an asshole, he's just busy. I don't, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, I'm on the cusp of that. Like, I miss I miss people's messages all the time, and I feel hella bad about it. Um, I uh, and I'm not even big, man, but I so I see how it happens, and I've seen it happen. The thing is, is like <laughs> Snoop Dogg has this quote. It's like great. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's essentially saying if they can't keep up, then you got to like leave them behind, kind of shit. But like, I'm not like that cutthroat about it. Like, I'm not really like. I don't know. My life isn't dramatic like that, but like in it, when it comes to that and it comes to when shit gets too fast paced to keep up, 
I just like, just be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck. Like I look at it this way. I look at it this way. You have, you have like X amount of chances in your day. Like even if the chances get slimmer and slimmer, you have X amount of chances in your day to make interactions with people. As long as every single one, you're a sweetheart. That's all you can really do. You know what I mean? Like I, for instance, if I'm, if I'm in a meeting or if I, yeah, if I'm like in a meeting with someone new, like someone new that I'm working with, or like if I have to be at this set or something like that at X amount of time, like I'm going to have to turn down the phone call with my childhood friend because it's like, dude, I, I have things that like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. you know what I mean? But so there's a lot of times where that compromise even now but i'm sure it'll be way crazier in the future there's a lot of times when that compromise just can't be made but i think for me at least i've tried to make a point and i will continue to try to make a point to when i can make those compromises or not even compromises when i do get those interactions i'm gonna damn sure make i make sure that i'm as sweet as i possibly can be like i do really like to give people like the time of day especially if they're like day ones or especially if they're supporters like you got to. So your your philosophy in that show is like you're going to miss who you miss because you're human, but as long as everyone you do interact with you like it goes well, that's a I think that's a good way because there are people who are obviously extremely famous, but their fan base doesn't consider them to be assholes, right? Everybody loves them, and so yeah. I mean, obviously it can be done. Yeah. Oh, dude, it totally can be done. Lauren, for instance, like Bass Nectar, is such a such a fucking sweetheart. The guy's so awesome. Like, and he he has some of the most. He, I would actually say, other than Tool fans, there's no one that can compete as far as it's like how religious they get when how yeah. enthusiastic they get as a fan. Yeah, it almost could be a curse in a way. Yeah, they're they're awesome, but yeah, there's they're a lot. They're a lot. Like I, I don't know, man. <laughs> when we, yeah, I got like some divisive shit when we put out Level Up. There was like the first song. The first song I did with him was Chasing Heaven, which is like a really positive, big song. And then we did Level Up, which is like trap. Like it's like EDM trap. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like real down to the core EDM trap. And these people were like. Like, dude, one of my favorites was, like, some shit, like, he was saying, like, he was saying that, like, Level Up was the shit they play at Guantanamo Bay to prisoners, something <laughs> like that, like, <laughs> these people were, like, <laughs> like, hating, dude, but I'm like, yeah, I get it, man, I get it, like, you guys, they love him so much, and they love what he does so much, so that if he strays from that at all, they get heated. Yeah, yeah, but did yeah. you get majority obviously positive exposure because of that and just had some yeah. haters that, that seems to be the pattern yeah yeah, yeah. chasing heaven though um was like a, the long game song like level up that year was like booming because it was played like it was played a lot at festivals and like we got the x game spot and stuff like that but what's been consistent is chasing heaven people still listen to that song like yeah yeah like at, as just a yeah, as a song song. Damn. So it sounds like you're, you're doing you're doing the the visuals and the music full time, and you're just supporting yourself from artistic efforts. You've, you yeah. you hit that threshold that a lot of it's really hard to hit, and that's like it's almost like a 
I mean, I was I've been homies with X and G for a long time, and I remember when things really started rolling for them, and that, that's like a magic time because then you can really sit and focus and expand. And um, most, I would say, ninety. In my experience, most people don't even get to that point, let alone, let alone to someone we'd recognize. Yeah, it depends on what your intention is. I I talk with my roommate about this a lot. Um, but I just didn't really have like a I, I I didn't really have much of a choice. Like I did, but I didn't. Like the social pressure was there. Like it was kind of like, I mean, I I moved out when I was like I don't know like. 16 17 but i moved back in with my mom when i was 20 to do the music stuff but the thing was she's like dude like you weren't living with me before like you cannot live with you, you know what i mean like yeah i wasn't still at home she's like you have the ability to not live at home so i was like how the like since i'm back here this is why i'm back here how the fuck do i pay my rent with music like i need that asap you know yeah, what yeah. i mean what'd you do so, what was your first plan of action so sell beats that's like everyone always goes to that they're like yeah. i'm gonna sell rap beats which i did some of those but that wasn't my main thing so it was like i was djing for hip-hop groups a bunch and then but around that time like i was still i was still like living at home but i was starting to make money from djing for hip-hop groups like i was a turntablist for a long time um and then mixing and mastering tracking like i had rappers come through record vocals like that kind of stuff and i would do more of that and then i got like this like light i started working with like a licensing company maybe around like late 2016 and then also that was a, like 2014 is when we did uh chasing heaven and that's when i would start getting like two royalty checks a year that it would be like it'd be like a couple grand around that time but for me yeah. that was a huge deal because it's a like, big deal yeah 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 so when that started happening it was like okay okay it's looking like i can make some money but what really came through is i in like one month i got a royalty check and then i got like three shows booked because i just dropped my album like i dropped this album mecca in like 2016 i just dropped my album and i got this big royalty check in like the same month and then we booked like three shows off that album and I'm, like, extremely optimistic, you know, like, almost to a fault. So I was, like, I have three shows booked, and I have this royalty check. I'm going to move right now. <laughs> I, yeah. I was, like, dude, I'm sure I can keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I'm laughing at that now. But, like, you, you, like, yeah. you jumped into the deep water, sounds like. Yeah, I sent it. I, like, yeah. moved into a, an apartment with, like, a $1,000 rent, like, a studio apartment. And I was, like, yeah, let's do this. Um, and I did that, and then played the shows and that lasted for like three months or something like that and then like it ran out you know and i saw it <laughs> coming because i was like maybe i got booked like one more show or something like that but yeah it was like three three or four months until it ran out and i was like shit um i'm gonna be out of money and so i started teaching lessons i started teaching ableton lessons i started doing way more engineering but this is the thing this is the difference between like me and a handful of people that are really set on music is I've been working with visual stuff for a long time. And so I started selling logos and cover arts and that was uh, a huge thing. Like it was logos, cover arts, Ableton lessons and like random royalty checks from like this and that. There were a few things that were paying me. And um, I had like a monetized SoundCloud too. I would get monthly statements from, from repost network for like a hundred bucks, which that's like, it's, to me, like twenty five, I'm like, 
why did I even think anything of that? But like at the time I remember that being like a lifesaver. Yeah. Like, I was like, yes, like this hundred, 120 bucks is like, that's my food for the month. Like that's so sick, you know? But yeah. So that's, that's how that, that's how that ended up working out. But admittedly there was only, so this is honest. There was only <laughs> one month. There was only one month after that where I had to have my mom come through and really save my ass. Like yeah. outside of, outside of like a hundred bucks here or there, like one month I was like, I just don't have it. And she paid my rent, but which was like a super mom moment. It was fucking awesome. But since then, man, that's never happened. I just been chilling. It's made, it's mo- it's royalty checks and shows now. And that, kind yeah. Of stuff. So you're not, you're not doing uh beats or logos anymore. How, you, there's nah, no way you have time. You're putting out way too much shit. Yeah, there's like there's a few random little things like it's dude. It really comes down to like if it's like if the client has the budget, you know. Like I did, I did like earlier this year in like February. I like produced an EP for someone, and and like it, they're like mostly rap beats and stuff like that. But it's because that client had the budget for it, and like I did like a little. I think I've done like two real visual projects this year. But they're just, yeah, it's like commercial stuff. Like, I just did, like, the branded video for that Nightfall Festival that I'm about to go play. I just did that. Yeah. So you're still doing some visuals. You're still making some money outside of Levitate. Like, It was like, yeah. I mean, it was in March, though, when I stopped. When I just hard stopped taking on clients. The only exception has been the Nightfall Festival. Okay. Because... Yeah, because it, it, it's like you're saying, like, it, the time just doesn't add up. Like, it just it won't happen. Well, yeah, that's one of the first things I wanted to ask you. It's like, how is he, how is he already good at Cinema 4D? Like, I swear I just saw this guy in Salt Lake, it, it, and now he's, what? And how? You know, I'm, and I feel like I'm a pretty hard worker, and I'm like, this guy's, you know, I just, I knew, I knew as soon as I saw you doing it. Like, when, when I first saw you putting out the first images, I'm like, I already know. Like, that's why I asked you about the timeline earlier. I know what it takes yeah. to learn something new. Like, he's obviously been hermiting up and grinding this new this new thing, and now it's and it's just I respect it. I was like, damn. I think I messaged you sometime around, probably from another account. I was like, man, I can't believe it's cool to see you doing both the music and the and the visuals because not really anyone else's. I mean, there are other people. It's becoming more common, like the decay from Salt Lake City I was just talking about. He just did his own, like a show just recently where it was all his own visuals. That nice. That's produced. awesome. Yeah. I, he, I like to see – I'm not competitive like that. I like to see more of that because yeah. I, think, I think the bar should be raised constantly. That's how – I mean, speak, go back to snowboarding. That's how it always is. Every generation, that bar just gets – it tells, like yeah, it just dude. gets to a point where like how does it get higher? But somehow it always does. Yeah, someone finds yeah. a way. The uh, uh, the kind of like explanation for what you were talking about a second ago, though, is the math comes down to a, a consistent twelve hours a day. You like, can can you really sit in front of the computer and focus for twelve hours a day? Focus is subjective because <laughs> I can't. Like I mean, I yeah. I did this. I had a similar thing where I did the music and the label thing really hard with Omar. And then when it was like, I have a kid, I got to make, I was like, same thing. Like I got to make money and I don't know how to do it with music enough. I was making some mainly band yeah. camp, band camp donations was like my biggest source of income for a long time. Band um, camp's awesome. Band camp is awesome for that. So I just started doing marketing, but, uh, and I did, I worked at like a agency for about a year. Same thing. I quit 
my my day job. I got to a point where I'm like, I could do this on my own. I had like six hundred bucks in my account, two kids, a mortgage, and it's like fuck it. I can Ooh. I can always get another day job. That's really not that much of a risk because yeah. like I have the skills, yeah. I have the resume. So if it doesn't work out, I can go back to a day job. But um, the reason why I asked is like I've been that's that's like four or five years ago. I definitely cannot focus for twelve hours. It's like I'd like to a, say I could, but this no, I can't. Yeah, I have a. I also have a really low overhead in my life, man. I just, I'm just, it's just me. That's the thing. Like, I don't even. I live in the middle of the city. Like, I like, like you know, like the Space Needle in Seattle. That's like two blocks from my place. So, like, I, uh, I don't need a car, and it's just like it's literally like my subscriptions on the internet, my phone bill, and my rent and food is like my life, you know. But so, even that, they, like. You can be creative for close to 12 hours a day, like not yeah. get burned out. Yeah, man. I like you just like it's a tolerance thing. Like I couldn't I couldn't in 2014, like when I was working on my first album, I thought okay. I was like hustling, dude. I thought I was grinding in 2014. But like looking back, I was like, dog, you're working like four, like five hours a day, six hours a day. Yeah. Like that, that's like a part-time job or like a so little you've, bit more than you've that. built your you've built your focus up to this point yeah yeah like and it's it's like six days a week, maybe like five or six days a week it's about 12 hours a day but i also juggle a lot like here's the thing is like think about gamers you know like gamers will game for like eight hours and then go get lunch and then they'll check their email after and then they'll like watch a youtube video after but the thing is, is like I have like five versions of that and they're all just they all just happen to be productive, you know, so it, it'll be like I'm going to write a song or work on the song for like four hours. Then I'll work on like a visual for like four hours. Then I'll check emails and do business stuff for like four hours and like interchange that maybe with like some lunch and bullshitting with my roommates in between. But yeah, that's about the that hustle. Makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's why I do like so much of this shit. You know what I mean? Like why, why I'm like, like people call it versatile or whatever. It's like, dude, I just have a ton of free time. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do it's a lot, but it's a lot healthier mindset than just, I don't know, watching TV and drinking beer and doing nothing with your time. Yeah. I get, I get anxious when it's also like, it's like a pseudo like mental health issue. Yes. Cause I, I get like anxious when I'm like, like I, I I've been seeing this girl like on and off for like three years and we'll go do things like hiking and snowboarding and stuff like that. And then if we do it for like too long in a day or we do it like two days in a row, I'll like start like like getting super jittery and like anxious. Like I'll get super high strung. So it's it's like I need to like I'll yeah. start bugging out if I like don't work in like a really weird I don't know. In, I, in I, I don't think that's way. weird at all. I mean it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Like I'm obsessed with I talk about video games 98% more than I actually play them. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually get to play them. There's like one or two a year that will catch me. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I do all my day job marketing stuff. I do the podcast. I still make music. I still play drums. Uh, I do a lot of training. I do a lot of – I'm into grappling, which is like five nights a week. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm the That's same awful. thing. I'm obsessed. Like if I – it's hard for – I can do one day where I, I can just chill, hang with my family. But if I don't, if I'm not working towards like a skill or getting better at something, yeah, it's a, it's a mental coping thing. Otherwise, I'll go crazy. Yeah. There's yeah, no exactly. other option. I don't have the option to not do it. My wife has since 
figured it out and is luckily like, okay, I understand how you work. It'll it'll work. But I, that that's uh makes me feel better about myself. That's really that's really cool that you like held down a marriage with that, and and also they have a physical outlet. That's the one thing that I get kind of caught up on. Like I really want to at a point in my life move back to a mountain town so I can do this and then go snowboarding. Yes. Yeah, because, like, right in the city, like, dude, I used to go to the gym and stuff, but, like, when you're, like, when I was a kid, dude, I was, like, fucking throwing myself off 60-foot jumps. Like, that's not, <laughs> going to the gym is not It's not that, the same you know? thing, yeah. No, yeah, like, it's cool, I guess, to get exerted, but that's not the same. So I think at a point in time, I'll probably get back into snowboarding. But I'm old now. It'll be, like, old guy snowboarding. It'll be, like, like that one, like, burnt-out dude in the park where you're, like, yeah. You used to do some shit. <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, you know that guy, like, he's a solid writer. Yeah. But he's not yeah, going to, exactly. he's like, yeah, he's not going to really, he can't afford, he can't afford to really try to hook something off that table. Dog, that was the thing, man. Last time I went snowboarding, like, no, not the last time, but the last time I, like, was really doing tricks snowboarding, I think it was, like, two years ago, three years ago or something like that, and I sent, like, a back five off this jump. And my my fucking knees buckled when I landed. Like I like my legs didn't have it in Did it. Did you hit your head it. on your knees? No, no, none of no. I didn't. Oh man, I buckled that hard. Yeah, but I didn't at that time. I, it was like more like my legs gave out, and then like I slipped out onto my ass. And okay. I was, but my immediate thought was like, dude, that was like really scary. Like because it's been <laughs> so long. I was like, that was really scary, and I was like. Dude, if I get hurt, I can't go to work. And yes. If I can't go to work, yeah. I'm going to be broke. And so I can't do that shit. Like, it was like, oh, fuck. That's, like, really a big risk now, you know? That's uh, that's, that's why I've kind of got into the, the grappling. It's fighting without the punches and the kicks. So it's like, yeah. I'm not going to get head damage. I'm not going to work, but I can – it's competitive. I, I needed something that was competitive. I needed something that gave me, like, a – I feel I feel really I don't know if you feel this I feel super isolated because I just work in my basement on my marketing on whatever shit and then I talk to my wife and like a couple homies but that's it everything else is online and so yeah. I I needed like I mean I, I had an urge and I need some sort of like I need homies outside of this digital world because all I have are people they're good friends like really good friends that I'll message some of them I've never even met in real life and they're one of some of my best friends but it's just not the same. And the jujitsu community is really tight knit that way. And then the mental health, um, just getting maybe it goes to the dark music. I also love pain. Yeah. So like no, getting I beat, get it. I get it. Yeah, getting beat up and smashed and exhausted and just like coming out the other end. I'm still alive. Really quiets the mind. Um, I, I definitely get that. I mean, that's like a big thing. I don't get tattoos as often as I used to, but like that was like a big uh, thing with yeah the pain. Yeah, it's not even that, like, I'm, like, fond of... I, have, I was talking talking with my roommate about this shit. It's kind of, like, a funny thing. I have this, like... Yeah, I have this thing with tattoos where I actually, like, I hate pain. Like, I'm not, I'm not into it like that. But the thing is, is when you, like, hit a point of just, like, primal, like, shit. Like, when you get, like, primal, like, extremeness, like, real-life extremeness shit. Mm -hmm. You know, where you're like, oh, wow, that really hurt. That didn't, like, fake hurt. Like, I'm not imagining that that yeah. hurt. That hurt for an hour straight. I was just getting like a little burn for like an hour straight, something like that. 
um, that'll kind of like take that'll level you. I think that's yes. why I really like tattoos because you get leveled as fuck. You're like, oh, this is like real life and shit. Like you can really get tired. You can really get hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's I don't, yeah, that makes yeah. total sense because because a tattoos is sort of it's like this long drawn out never ending pain and you start taking you to the darkness because you're having to deal with this like it's unrelenting it's it's sort of yeah jujitsu is similar where someone will we say level you like life is real when someone gets a hold of you which especially when you start out is everyone but you yeah. that knows what they're doing and you realize like my, my second day in jujitsu i rolled with a girl who was 140 pounds this mexican girl her name's vanya she's a badass she's actually competing this weekend in salt lake and I oh, wrestled. Yeah. I wrestled a little bit in high school. I had at least like sixty pounds on her, and she just fucked me up for like five rounds straight. I did nothing. Uh, like I was just this child, baby in her cradle, as she just choked me, arm bar, leg lock, calf slicer, bicep slicer, rear naked. Like I could do. I couldn't yeah. control her, and it was like this is. She's a girl. She's like one hundred thirty <laughs> pounds. Yeah, like, dude. This is real life. You are a bitch. And I yeah, kind of, <laughs> I needed it. Yeah, totally. I needed it. Yeah. Totally. I see. I feel like even working out, that's like the issue with working out. It, working out is just a discipline, but you're always on the like upper hand. Like you don't, you don't have to forfeit anything when you're working out. Like if you're like a real gym rat and you're like, you know, you like, I don't know. I used to walk, I used to walk like up like 30 flights of stairs as like my work, as my, as my warm up, And then I would go like, do like, x amount of sets of shit like i would do that yeah. six days a week right i think it was like four, 30 or 40 flights it's just like a basic warm-up and then you do x amount of sets until you're exerted and then you go home that right there you're like always on the upper hand that's always in your comfort zone you're like i'm gonna work out until i've worked out that muscle group and then i'm going home there's no point in that where you're like i am fucking out of control right now you know yeah. what i mean with tattoos with like say like jujitsu with snowboarding with like anything that's like real life like that like skating too dude you'll get scared like you're not 100 percent. oh skating skating terrifies the shit out of me yeah i don't know how kids i don't know how they do that like snow i mean obviously tables and ice it's hard but it's not the same as concrete it's not the same or asphalt it's just not yeah that's why i suck at skating (laughs) skating so hard yeah when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I I like skated a lot, but I was just so bad at it because I was just so scared of getting broke off, you know. And then when I like, I was also like super clumsy on my feet, which is funny because you think like snowboarding, like nah, no, but so no snowboarding yeah. is way more like it's core, so different. Yeah. I had yeah, the same I, problem. I snowboarded first. I'm like, I want to get into skating. I had already started playing drums and kind of getting into music. And I had a little bit of a natural knack for drums. And skateboarding was the off. Like I. I thought I practiced every day for like three or four months and I could barely ollie. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm clearly much better at drumming than I am at skating. So fuck skating. Yeah. See you later. It's hard, man. I could, I could do some stuff, but I was never good. I was never good. Like even close to good at skating. And also like, fuck man, you get hurt a lot. It's just, yes. but yo, dude, skateboarders are so tough for that reason. Like I have, 
like on a, on a fundamental level, I have way more respect for skateboarders than like 90% of just like society. <laughs> Cause I'm like, dude, y'all like throw yourselves downstairs out as like a game. As a you hobby. know what I mean? And, yeah, and 99% of like, you don't make money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably more than that. You know what I mean? Like it's probably more. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah, ever man. get into uh since you listen to hip hop, East Coast hip hop, did you ever get into break dancing? Did you ever try that? When I was a kid, like young, young, like to eleven, maybe something like that. I could do like I think the best I got is I could do some like windmills, like I could do That's like pretty that good. Power. Those are hard. Yeah. But like no, nah, I wasn't like I don't like have like style, you know. <laughs> But I always thought it was so cool. That's some funny shit, man. Like Gen Zs, like they don't even know, man. They they do not get that experience of like growing up with like you got served. And I know like <laughs> people in the eighties like have their like what's that like break in and like their their dance movies. But like, dude, for millennials, dude, you got served was like game changer. Yeah, that was, that's that a big movie deal. for you guys. Yeah, I was a little bit older, but. I watched yeah. it. I've definitely seen it multiple times, and I'm, I'm not afraid to. Like, it's entertaining. I love yeah. some, yeah, cheesy oh, it's movies. So cheesy. It's so cheesy, bro. Yeah, it's like so cheesy. But I think I was like, I think I was like seventh grade when that came out, or oh, something like. No, perfect pr- time. Probably maybe, perfect time for yeah. that movie. Sixth grade, maybe. Yeah, and yeah, dude. Like that was like the coolest thing in the world. Like I wanted nothing more than to just be a break dancer. <laughs> I also don't understand, like, yo, I think it's because I'm old, but, like, I do not understand the phenomenon with dancing now where, like, they aren't doing power moves. Like, there's, like, no dancing now that's popular, but that people are really doing gnarly shit. Like, it's not not cool to do, like, a fucking backflip, you know what I mean? Like, do a backflip, kids. Like, learn some (laughs) crazy shit. Like I haven't been following dancing. I mean, I watch sometimes the red, like, clips of the Red Bull. They have like the best production value for breakdance competitions but i haven't yeah. seen one recently and um that's a good point i didn't i didn't know that i have to go look some yeah. breakdancing videos and see see how breakdancing is different breakdancing, yeah you'll still get power moves with breakdancing okay. but like i just see all these videos on facebook of hip-hop dancing like uh, just okay. constantly like x-factor stuff and I'm like, yo, like, do a trick, though. Like, I get that, like, you're not, like, breaking on, on you know, cardboard boxes and shit. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> do some flips, dude. <laughs> Who's, uh, who right now, artist-wise, are you digging the most? Who's heavy on your on your plate rotation? A lot of metal, dude. Um, yes! Three, Tell yeah, me. Like Tell me. A ton of metal. Um, uh, Varials just dropped an album. That's awesome. Um yeah, Varials is great. I don't. I don't want to sound cliche because I know like they're popping super hard right now. But Knocked Loose, that album, A Different Shade of Blue, is so sick. Um, yeah, when I say metal, I need to preface that. I mean like metalcore and hardcore and stuff. I'm I'm not so into like I'm not so into like Amon Amarth and like death metal and shit. <laughs> hey, but, uh, uh, they have a song uh, "Cry the Blackbirds." I like a lot. Nice, hell yeah! I, I like more metalcore, and when metalcore and prog start to play together, yeah. um, that's the sweet spot for me. Nice. Are you into? Are you into like Whitechapel? Nope, never heard of them. I'm writing everything you've said down because metal's kind of. Oh, it's such it's, a wide I get a little picky when it comes to metal and prog, so I'm always trying God. to find new stuff. Oh, you you probably won't like anything that I say then. 
We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think End is cool, too. End is Varials. The, no, no, no. What is it? He's the lead singer of Counterparts. His side project, End, is awesome. And, like, huge fan. They, they're not even... They didn't drop, like, new stuff recently, but, like, August Burns Red is on rotation for I me. I do know them, yes. That's one I'm yeah. familiar with. Yeah, they're like the. I feel like they're the biggest in that like metal metalcore stuff. But I think for a good reason, man. I have yet to hear tunes from them that I think are poorly made, are like cringy, you know. Um, yeah, a ton of ton of knocked loose lately. Even their last EP, Laugh Tracks, was so cool. I like Amir too, but they're a little bit like that dude is like a little bit on that cusp of of straight up uh new metal like it's it's really on that who is cusp. it amir what yeah emir emir so e-m-m-u-r-e e-m-m-u-r-e oh, okay sweet found him yeah oh dude dude chelsea grin chelsea grin is so sick Hello. they're so awesome chelsea grin Okay, family. yeah, nice, super sick. Their their uh, their cover picture looks like something I'd like. That's it. Kind of reminds me of a a band in Australia called Polaris. Just aesthetically, gonna, they look similar. I'm gonna write that down. Wait, I do know. No, I know Polaris. From, I like them a yeah. lot. They're one of my. They're more metalcore, new metal, but then just. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's like why I know. Of they it. have one popular song called "Regress." I think it's "Regress" or "The Remedy." They have one kind of hit song called "The Remedy." It's little it has like a poppy chorus. And yeah, everything else is metalcore, and the um, you've probably heard them. From my understanding, yeah. they're pretty popular. I, I do. I, I'm pretty sure I've heard of them. That rings a tough bell. Chelsea, they're actually under related artists. Um, Spotify checking them out. So, what was that? Uh, there was one more that I was just thinking of, but oh, Code Orange. Code Orange is so sick. Code dude. Orange. Yeah, they're so rad. That's mainly who I've been listening to with metal. Counterparts is really cool too, but that's like my roommate is way into Counterparts, and I. I find them to be a bit. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's a different. It's a different vibe with them. It's kind of like a more upbeat take on like metalcore, as opposed to just like pure gnarly shit. They're kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like kind of uplifting. I'm alright with that. I'm actually pretty. I shouldn't say I'm not. I'm not picky in the sense of like, uh, what's the word? Fundamentalist. Like, usually yeah. when I talk to metalheads and I talk, I'm like, these are all kind of the bands that I like that are metal-ish. They're like, you're not a real metalhead. You're a poser. You know? Yeah. It's like, look, I don't listen to Slayer. Like, I know they're, they're, they're like, legendary, but yeah. it's before my time and it's not my thing. Yeah, that's my, that's my like, I, I throw that word around way too much, the metal word, because I don't know what like palette what like ev- what people have as a spectrum but like if i were to go to like a metal show like speaking transparently i want to just be like hey hey guys i'm into metal too 
Like, because, yeah. like, nah, like, like you're saying, like, they'd be, like, going, talking about Slayer and shit. Like, I don't, I don't really know too much, like, Slayer or any, like, Cannibal Corpse cuts. I don't know too much Cannibal Corpse, you know. But I like Metalcore. I like a lot of Metalcore. And Hardcore, just straight up Hardcore is great, you know. Like, the right kind of it. You know where, where that kind of shit really loses me is, um, like, straight up, like, post-Hardcore stuff is not, like, uh, what's that band? Um, what's that, fuck, man, what's that, like, super famous band that was, like, uh, Under Oath. Like, Under Oath, not a big fan, honestly. I like two of their songs come to mind. Really? There's two that stand out to me. Uh, one called In Regards to Myself, mainly because the opening guitar riff, that's all I right. remember. The opening riff is heavy, and then they have one... Some will seek forgiveness. It's like a you know you know how like the post hardcore metalcore they would always have like the electronic kind of chill interlude yeah. songs. They have one interlude song that I really like, but I agree. I'm, I've seen them live one time. I like that the drummer is the singer and that he can sing and play drums. That's that's pretty, pretty cool. badass. But uh, yeah. yeah, not a huge. That is it. Probably like one of the most famous. They're huge. Yeah. 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 I think Asking Alexandria does it kind of cool, but still, like, really, my thing is, like, or, like, old Asking Alexandria, but my thing mainly is, like, uh, it's just that singing, that inflection that they have when they do, like, ballad singing. Yeah, it's kind of whiny. Yeah, it, it that's just my, per- like, I know yeah. a lot of people really love it. It just, like, never really, like, hit me right. Like, I never really got into that. And so when it when it's like artists like that, I I fall off really quick once I hear like a solid like, you know, soprano nasally singing. I'm like, oof, can't. I don't know. I don't like it. Have you heard of Persephone? Yeah, yeah. Um, where did I hear that, dude? I think that's another one my roommate was bringing up. Um, but I need to. Should I check him out? Yeah, I feel eighty percent confident. You'll like at least some of their stuff. It's spelled weird. P r p e r s e f o n e, Persephone. P r p e r s e f f o n e. Got you. Okay. And, uh, my favorite track is "Living Waves" or "Prison Skin." It's, it's on their popular list on uh, Spotify. I feel like, dude. Like, I feel like some of these bands, like deep, deep in my Spotify, like songs. I have like a song by. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem with Spotify is uh, you don't really learn bands or song names. You just because I I I just have like playlists based on kind of what I'm feeling. If I'm feeling metal or heavy, I got a playlist. If I'm feeling down tempo chill, I got a playlist. And over time, I add yeah. stuff. Then Spotify will recommend things, and I like it. I'll just oh that song sounds cool. I'll add it. And sorry to that, you know, Spotify is kind of fucking some artists over. You may recommend them to me. I put them on my playlist. I will never remember that artist's name. I won't know the song name. It's just gone. I kind of like it, though, man. I like it because, like, yes, it's bad for, like, brands. But for me personally, like, the difference between SoundCloud and Spotify is SoundCloud, even, like, in its its peak, like, in golden era SoundCloud days, it's like all a burst. Like it's one week and you're firing. One yes. week you got all the likes and you get like in in its peak, like golden age SoundCloud, you could get like 80,000 plays on a song in a week. And then the following week it would taper out to like 100K on like a good ass song. But with Spotify, 
for instance. And with SoundCloud now, it's just like dead. You get like a thousand plays in a week, and like that's like solid. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but with with Spotify, you can get even bigger numbers because people do exactly what you're talking about, where they'll like that song and then they'll listen to it every day for like a year. Yeah, and that's like it'll be their song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I have songs that when they came out looked like they were going to be dead. And then after like a year and a half, it was like, holy shit, this is like one of the biggest songs I've ever written. You know what I mean? Just because over time, it just accumulates. That makes, that makes sense. So, but you, you, I guess you get paid out a little bit from Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I make, I make a solid amount of money off Spotify. Not like, not like salary money, but I make a good amount. Yeah. It's worth, it's like worth your time. Like, okay, this is a good revenue stream. I'm happy if people are throwing me into playlists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you, as far as just digital music distribution, whether it's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Mono, Bandcamp, what do you think, uh, for you personally, pays the best? Or is the most fair? That's like hard to say. I have to say Spotify because I think it just does work out that way because most people are, most people are using it. But I have to look at the actual numbers with Bandcamp because Bandcamp is surprisingly close. You know, like if I, if I really, make a point to push the fact that there's a normal download of a song on Bandcamp. like i'll get some bread man like i'll actually yeah. like yeah it's it's convenient you know it's never like i'm never getting like here's the thing i'm I'm never getting like insano checks off of music maybe like if i drop like an ep you know i'll get like a grown-up check off of music yeah but i'm never getting like like salary checks off of music or anything like that. Nothing that is like crazy, but it is a drop in the bucket. And like we were talking about earlier, like when it comes to like self-sustaining off of art, that's really the goal. Like there's, there's no music career. That's going to be like a one-stop shop. Like you're just paying your rent from this one thing, unless you like have like a specific like viral hit, you know, it's really just drops in the bucket. So Yeah, dang. Well, man, I I think you should keep going, and I see you have no choice but to keep going. I can tell. So, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> but, uh, like, like man, I got yeah. That's it, dude. I could I considered on the side like maybe doing design like visual work for companies, but um, at this point it's like at this point I'm too in there. I don't know. Maybe sound design for for companies, but. I don't sound design is fun, but I can't see myself only doing sound design. That would be kind of, I, I can see you move into like cinematic stuff, indie movie scores. Like, I think you have the skills for that for sure. Just based on what I've listened to. I can't tell you the details. Like, I don't really know the details on like the NDA stuff, but like, I can tell you way sooner than you think you'll see me getting in- involved with, the- with some cinema shit. Well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I can kind of seems like you'd be a good fit for that already. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause that is a lot of the thing, dude, I'm trying to work on this album right now. That's like a concept thing. Like it's going to be like a, a concept album and i wanted to do like a mini movie for it like a 20 minute thing for it uh is this like is so each each song will have like its own sort of visual that cohesis together into one big yeah 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 
And unlike unlike say like I did this I did this like twenty minute video called uh, V slash Concept Collapse. Um, I did that uh, I did that like a year or two ago. And unlike that, this will actually be a storyline. That thing was just like it was like twenty minutes of like visuals, and it was when I was super early in there, so the visuals are pretty janky. But um, what I'm working on now is really going to be like. Like you can sit down and really watch this shit, and you could feel feel something. If I can pull it off, it, it'll be like an extreme amount of work. But if I can really make it the way I want to, it'll really be a fucking uh, a thing. <laughs> it'll be a solid thing. <laughs> what's the what's your projected timeline? Are you shooting for? I don't know, man. I'm I kind of am buying myself some time with some with this other thing that with the NDA. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm buying some time with that. Um, so I'm giving myself some time to work for real, like as opposed to like this past summer, I was just kind of cranking things out. But um, six months, maybe. Okay. Something like that. Six to eight months, maybe. No, eight months would be maybe a stretch. I, I want to say I want to get it done within six months. How realistic that is, we'll see. And like, don't let that like. I hope anyone like who hears that doesn't get fucked up by that. It's I'm not saying that I'm going to fall off the face of the earth for six months. It's just like I have a couple singles. I'll write and keep things going with levitate. But the real passion project is going to be that for like six months until I'm done. So I'm excited, man. I've always I've uh, I tell I tell this to the X and G boys all the time, too, when I talk to him. Like, man, you guys don't stop because they have their ups and downs. There's obviously doing really well as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like and they're taking the long game, too. And, and me and Omar always talk to him. Like, you, dude, you you guys are going to become like a like a, a new radio head. Like, you know, like someone who has these really devoted fans. And I think you're along the same vein, too. And I think you you're obviously really aware of it. You've openly said I'm playing the long game. You know exactly. Yeah what you're doing and i'm i think that's genius and uh i think that long game will also lead more into if you want to get into sound design or or cinematic scoring you become a more it's like what's the word it's not bigger because you're like pure number wise it's not like you're taylor swift but you're it's more it's more i don't know like or more respected like kind of integrated yeah uh, like yeah, because I can think of artists that I can think of artists that are really involved, you know, with with kind of like the bigger picture stuff, like Gustafelstein. Think yes. about that. Yes, I, perfect example. Yeah, that dude. Like he's right. He's be writing songs for the weekend and Kanye West and shit. And like we know that. You know what I mean? Like his fans know that. Yes. And that's like it's like, dude, you're like kind of like a part of like a, like culture because like the yes. amount of. It's not just Gustafelstein, you know what I mean? It's like fuck. Like, and he's another you know? artist that's a perfect example of kind of dark. He's dark, and it's the, it's the audio and the visual. His for me, the music videos. I was always excited when he came out the new music video because it was always so mind blowing, and it was always so, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah and like he's just than- like so good looking. He's always got a sig. It's like white <laughs> in his jacket. He's just fucking. He's just so badass. Yeah. God damn. They made, that, they made that helmet of his a little bit big, though. I think. <laughs> I saw, that, saw that Coachella live stream, and I was like, "Man, dude, your head looks big, though. Like that. <laughs> you look so sick, and his stage was so sick too. It was all all so cool. 
But I'm like, dude, you got this metal head on. It's just a little bit larger than a normal yeah. head would be. I haven't. I've, I didn't see the live stream, but I've seen just pictures. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So I know what you're talking about. How, I was going to run by, well, probably wrap up pretty soon, but I wanted to ask you, I've asked uh, Steve Phillips was another bass music, but he's more like traditional dubstep. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of Author and Punisher? Yeah. I think where you will I, appreciate. Where do I know that name? Tell me where I know Red that Bull name. has Red Bull did a like a documentary, a mini doc on him that got some media coverage. He's uh he's more like he's closer to Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor. Got you. But his his thing is also aesthetic. He builds like these really um elaborate machined midi controllers that are like dude i know exactly i know exactly where i know that name um my homie austin okay so i threw that fatalism show with a homie named austin he's like into industrial techno and he's into that that gnarlier side of shit i know this dude because he showed me this dude's videos and his gear is insane it's insane yes crazy dude so he's he's another one where i'm like you know what you're playing the long game like you're gonna you're going to be no like you're doing something truly different and yeah like uh he's yeah. another one I would put in that and he's dark as well so oh yeah. man his his show is so awesome he's got that thing where he's like punching he's like, punching drums. yeah yeah dude that is so awesome man if you get a I chance check that. out the red bull doc on him he has like a, a newer version of that punching thing where it's got like he controls his kick and his snare with the back and forth and then yeah. it's got He's got this grid that he can move it both X, uh, X and Y, Z, like left, right, up and down. Yeah. And there's all these different grids and they're hi-hat patterns. So he'll slide it over and it'll trigger like hi-hats as he's – and he can move like, okay, 16th notes is this column, eighth notes is this column and he has different patterns. And he machines it That's all by awesome. hand. It's, it's That's crazy. That's awesome. I just love the fact that he built those things to look as gnarly as they do. Yes. Yeah, like it's not like he like used some like microchip looking plastic things and like built his own MIDI controllers. It's like, dude, you built like a fucking like mech arm. It looks, <laughs> yeah, it's and it's awesome. another example when you started out talking. It's like there's a difference between like someone like Lauren when you really get in. It's like, okay, this is a whole look. You're not just writing a song. This is a whole experience. A whole. It's a yeah. different thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that guy's awesome, man. Yeah, and like he's actually a good example too of I don't listen to his music very often in the car when I'm driving as like a casual listener. Yeah. But I will consistently like every couple months like I'm going to watch some author and punisher videos. Like I feel like yeah. and I'll watch the same performance that I can find online yep. multiple times because it's yeah, it's so badass. And that's the thing is like with this guy, if he comes to your city, you're I'm going to go. that show. Oh, yeah. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I always pay attention to with, like, a lot of these people on the internet. I'm not going to throw shade. This isn't, like, a backhanded thing. But I have noticed with a lot of these a lot of these guys on the internet, a lot of these producers, they have these numbers. It looks insane. And they even get engagement. But when they come to your city, no one's there for the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, that references what I had mentioned super briefly earlier where I was, like, and pay attention to what kind of fan base you have. Yeah. Because, like, if your fan base is those, they're there for the tweets. If they're there for the memes, like they're not paying money to see you play music. Like they got to be there. They got to be there for the music and for the show. You know what I mean? At least if you want to do it, obviously that's all subjective. 
but I've just seen the other side of that so often. And I'm like, I've, it makes me feel better about my strategy a bit. Cause it's like, yeah. okay, you know, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind if you if you continue with the work ethic, both the visual and the audio, and your skills get better, you, just like you were talking about looking back at your first audiovisual things, you're like, man, I laugh at them now. In ten yeah. years, you're going to look back. This so whatever this this new concept album you're going to put out, it's going to be the best thing you've done it to this date. And yeah. in twenty years, the twenty year old year version later of you is going to look back at that and be like, what the fuck. That's oh, like, up. I'm so much better than that now. Straight up. Even like probably five years, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. but I guess, yeah, shorter totally. time. It gets, the, the rate... And like, dude, go ahead. Sidebar, sidebar, like where, where you're at with it, where you're at with the podcast right now is so sick. That IG page is so properly branded. I've noticed that you and Omar have a really consistent and amazing, like, like perfect vision for branding. That's fucking awesome. That's like such a that's such a, a unique ability that I think a lot of people miss the mark, like myself included. Like my branding is not that uniform. You guys have, and if you worked on Damson with him, that was yeah. another thing with yeah, Damson yeah. is it was just like so properly uniform. Everything was so like I see you too, man. Like it's fucking dope. Like if you're if you are as an as integrated with omar as it seems and like i that means i've seen a ton of your work already and it's always been fucking super uniform yeah we did damn son i think for five we started together five or six years and then um he did it for like two years after it's kind of dead now he's he's all in on k-swiss k-swiss takes I know. Up all his time so yeah it is what it is but i mean that's where i met I mean, most of the most of the guests on the podcast so far have all come from the five years that I did Damson. We put out music, and I put out my own music. I just met a bunch of producers, and yeah. they, most oh, of yeah. them are chill, and most of them play video games, and most of them are still doing music. And I just thought that was like a, a good way. I'm like, okay, I can start just bringing on what what I think is interesting. If someone else did this podcast and interviewed you, I'd be like, okay, I'm interested. Because his art has intrigued me, but no, I'll just fucking do it myself. Yeah, I'll just talk to him because I think. Hell I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna wait for someone else to talk to him. Hell yeah, dude, that's the fucking move. That's awesome. That's awesome. I dude, I wish I could actually like get my get my human my human self on the internet more. I feel like there's not enough people that are connecting dots like that. That's like a huge issue in electronic music. Is everyone kind mm-hmm. of pools like in this very? I mean, I'm not. I'm not demonizing them for this but everyone kind of pulls their fan base and pulls their network in an almost greedy like way because that's all they can do yeah. you know what i mean yeah i see so, that. like that's all you can do is just accumulate as much as you can you know what i mean and there's very few avenues that bridge that bridge those fan bases you know what i mean that bridge those things like if you look at hip-hop dude holy shit like there's so many blogs there's so many like different labels and crews and like features and collabs and that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, like like electronic music music artists collaborate all the time, but like that doesn't mean that there's like a personality exchange there. That doesn't mean that there's like a real in person like I don't know, man. Like put how, out a song. That's a good question. How did how did you collab with Bass Nectar? How did that actually play oh, out? Dude, he was just he. Uh, 
to be honest, like, dude, he was a fan. Um, that's like what it was, which is insane to say. It's like the craziest thing for me to think about. But his manager had shown him a song of mine that got picked up by this blog. And his manager was like, yeah, he sent it to him. And his manager hit me with an email and was like, oh, dude, like, I know you don't know me, but I showed Bass Nectar your stuff. And like, he loves this shit. And I was like, dude, I, I thought it was fake. You know what I mean? I, I probably you know, would too, initially, yeah. Yeah. So trying to scam you for plays or some... Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah, but he was like, no, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, just so you know. And then like pretty much like a month later, two months later, I saw a video of him playing the song. And then I emailed him and was like, oh my God. Like you really do like my music. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> and like I was bugging out. And then... um he wanted to use it for use that song for something, and then I was like, "Hey, I was like, yeah, you can use it for that," which didn't end up happening. This whole I don't I don't think I can like spill the beans on that, but like it was like this. He had this idea for like a different mixtape that never happened, and then um, I was like, "Yeah, if you want to like write a song together, though, you know, like on some like Hail Mary shit." Um, I was like, "Yeah, if you want to write a song together, that would be really sick," and then he said, "Yeah," and we wrote chasing heaven after like four attempts or something like that and then a year later it was like yeah let's do another one and then but he wanted a banger like on the next one he wanted like a bop and that's so that's why we did level up because he like he was like fuck yeah like i want more of that like crazy trap shit and i was like how did the when you say exchange of personalities though how did the was it just like you send some ideas stem it out he spends it back or were you actually sharing a project file it was it was like yeah we were sharing project file assets splice wasn't a thing at the time so we were sharing like folders with like different versions of the project in it and like little assets for chasing heaven though it was pretty like i think it was like man i I, like sent him the project file of the song that i wrote and all the stems and then there was only one more exchange like he called me up and he was like yeah can you like do this or tweak this and then send that over and I was like, okay, yeah, word. And then on level up, we got over the phone and and hashed it out. Like, yeah, like with level up, like we like sat down for like I think maybe two sessions, and there were some things like he he pretty much entirely wrote the beat in the middle with like Macintosh rapping on it. That's like that, there's a few elements of mine in there, but that's really his beat. It's like more the drop that I was I had I had more influence on but yeah so that song was definitely like in person i mean with the exchange thing though man like going back to that subject like when two artists collab in electronic dance music they don't go out and like do a photo shoot and then they don't like holler at each other's like instagram yeah yeah you know what i mean like they're not getting like they're not doing ig live stuff or like getting like fan like the fans don't really cross over it'd be like this artist that i'm a fan with had collabed with this guy end of story but they're not being like, yo, so who is this other guy? Like, we got to get to okay. know him, that kind of stuff. So what you're saying, like, the, the bleed over, the crossover percentage is smaller in general, from your opinion, in electronic dance music versus hip-hop. Totally. Yeah. Totally, man. Like, with hip-hop, it's so crazy because, like, I don't know if this comes from, like, street culture or whatever. With hip-hop, though, if you fuck with a rapper and they work with another rapper – you just immediately fuck with that other rapper. Like, there's so many rappers. Like, dude, Frito Santana, for instance. Like, I was such a big fan of Chief Keef that, like, I didn't even know. Dude, I've never heard of Frito Santana in my life. But he worked with Chief Keef, and I was like, 
Yep. And then I listened to Frito, Frito Santana's music, and I was like, this is mixed and mastered so badly, but, like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's just, like, so much more of, like, a, in a weird way, it's, like, community-driven with hip-hop, you know? And, like, I don't really think that's the case with electronic dance music, because the personalities aren't really in there. But if there's more things like if there's more things like this, like a podcast and there's more like there's more real like active culture shit for EDM. That's not just like some dumb festival of like backstage or dumb video of some backstage at a festival, but like real culture things. I feel like that's really going to make it into. uh, I don't know. I feel like that's just better for everyone. You know, there's some good production podcasts. um, But as far as like a electronic culture or something that would be equivalent. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of nothing that I've been exposed to. I, it's interesting that you brought up um, there's so many rappers, right? And you, you once you fuck with one rapper, you fuck with the other rapper. Another common thread I've heard from different filmographers, uh, there's actually this guy that does a bunch of stuff in, in the MMA world. Now he's all yeah. like – he goes behind the scenes and fills famous fighters. But he got to start making rap videos and he talks about yeah. – and then I also – do you know Seventh Wonder? He's like a Tiger logo yeah. Um, he was based out of Maine. I guess now he lives in Texas. But he was always yeah. posting. He was getting a ton of work recording rappers, producing for rappers, always working. And, he, and, and it kind of makes sense. Like, okay, the rap community, that's true. There's a lot of work to be, like you said, you started selling beats immediately. It seems like a lot of artists kind of get their underground start in the rap community because of what exactly what you're talking about. There's work to be yeah. had there. And then they springboard into wherever they're going to go to. It's frustrating as hell to work in that industry, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a, some of the producers I follow that do that and post about it, just the little glimpse I get on Instagram, Seventh Wonder being one of them, seems like you deal with a lot of drama. Bro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, like, why I don't – that's why I, like, avoid it now. I have rappers that I really like and that I, like, want to work with or have worked with, that kind of thing. But – um I don't know, man. Like, I lived in it, or I stayed in Atlanta for like a month at like a rap recording studio, and I found it really hard to like <laughs> to navigate in that because it was like, dude, like, yo, y'all are like, it's like so like, how do I put it? Clicky as fuck, as fuck, super clicky. And it was like I only had a few homies out there, and I wasn't really thirsty too. That's the other thing is like everyone expects you because it is so clicky in the rap community everyone expects you to be thirsty as hell and so like you you'll meet a rapper and like if you're not immediately like yo let's work uh i really like your shit i like no all of your music i fuck with your click like that kind of stuff if you're not like immediately like on that kind of like bootlicking level like on the ass ass kissing level like they'll never talk to you again you know what i mean and then you have to do yeah you have to deal with like intermingling like everything like politics and stuff it's too it's too dude it's like too difficult for me for me being like a a just mellow normal person like i'm not really like living and breathing just to get the hustle you know i mean i am as far as my effort but as far as my personality i'm not really like i'm just a normal fucking guy i guess in my opinion and so for me it's difficult to network in that realm and not fun just mainly not fun at all that was like my takeaway from the rap industry, but I love that fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite rapper right now? Right now, Oof, man, that's a good ass question. Oof, um, 
I like Vince Staples. Vince Staples is always a, a go-to. But um, let me like think like rap, 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 rap. Uh, or, or hip hop or whatever. Whoever you're, yeah, I like. It could, it could be old. Whoever you're listening to consistently right now. I like Bones a lot, um, but that's like in that in that other realm of rap. I like ASAP Rocky. Such a huge fan of him. People have their feelings on him. I don't care. His shit slaps, dude. ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg are regulars for me. Yeah, I like Future. I like Future when he's good, though. I, there's like some Future that I'm not into, but I like. See, people in Atlanta don't feel the same way I do about Future, because Future writes really, really incredible bangers, like just fucking mm, like gangster ass shit. And then he'll also write his sing songy stuff. And like, if his sing songy stuff isn't on some like isn't on some like real like i guess like swagger shit if he gets really really into his like coding hole i'm not (laughs) that into it but if he's just writing some like real like dope i don't know it's just hit or miss with me gucci man always a hit yeah i mean fucking love gucci man um i got his book man i'm like reading his book right now um yeah i don't know i like 21 savage too there's like a ton of old school guys are like not oh man Nas all day. Yeah. Oh, dude, Young Lean. I can't. I can't go without saying Young Lean. Oof. There's a lot uh, of Young Lean I really like. I've seen that name, but I can't think of a song off the top of my head that I. You gotta. You gotta listen to Happy Feet. That's like new Young Lean. Happy Feet. Yeah. And it, dude, it's really that's like an acquired taste, like which I'm sure you're aware of. That's a definite acquired taste. I like. Another one that's on my Spotify playlist is um, HL. He's more like, that's more like pop R&B rap, but like, whew, that guy's awesome. I don't care. That guy's so sick. Um, I do like a uh, pop R&B. There's a guy, of, I think it's called Black or Six Lack. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, he's awesome too, man. He's, he's got so a good. song called, uh, it's really chill. Damn. His hit was called Problems. His hit was Problems. Yes, I've definitely heard that one. Damn it, why can't I fucking remember that song? It's, I know you'll, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know that song. It's, uh, yeah, that he dropped that album too. That whole, I front to back, that whole, his last album was so sick. Yeah, Problems, that's got 247 million plates. OTW, I guess, I, I don't know that song. That song's cool too, man. Um, What is the one I'm trying to remember? Damn, I... I want to give up, but now I'm like, I've spent so much time trying to find it. I don't want to give up. <laughs> Disconnect, pretty sorry, let her go. I thought I was on the same album. Oh, Nonchalant. That's probably uh, one of my favorite rap songs of all time. Like, that's just that randomly, that one song. I love that song. But when you said I, kind of more pop R&B, it's yeah. a little more in that vein. I was, Dude, I listen to a lot of that stuff because, uh, because they're – they're better songwriters than like anyone in the game if you ask me like that that whole genre pop r&b hip-hop it's like the songwriting is kind of unmatched in my opinion like man you can compare it with like pop i think they're crushing pop artists with songwriting just like flow technical ability swing groove uh lyrics cadence everything and just melodies. Melodies is the main thing. Definitely have, melody, I would agree, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You have these guys like uh, Party Next Door and shit. Like, 
I, and I don't even think that guy's like, but like, you have guys like that that are just like, I guess, it, no, a better example, Tory Lanez. Like, you have people like Tory Lanez and shit. That's like one of like a few dozen that's in that scene. And they just shit out old, like, incredible melodies. Like, their freestyle game with even melodies is crazy, dude. So crazy. Jeremiah, too. Dude, like, even, like, oh, man, like, I was just talking with my roommate about this. Uh, even, uh, what's his name? Ty Dolla Sign, dude. Like, I don't even like a lot of his music, but, like, you listen to just the melodies. Like, if you put me on those same beats and you're, like, write a melody, I'm, like, not even 1% as dope as he is on that shit. You know what I mean? He can just sing just, like, the dopest, like, most swagger into this shit just on the spot. I'm have you ever have you ever tried singing? I do like droney stuff on my music, but like I don't no, I don't really have the I I need to train, dude. I didn't do that when I was younger. I didn't train when I was younger, so I didn't grow to have the vocal folds that these people do. So it would take a lot of it would take a lot, a of, lot of practice. Work. Yeah. I yeah. feel the same way. I'm just I don't really have a knack for it and I know how long it would take to get really good at it. So but it is frustrating sometimes when I'm like I really wish I could do that. It would uh yeah. yes, I really do. I have vocal I, so I I've, I've been putting vocals on a lot of my stuff, but um and like my album every single song will have vocals of me on there, but that I'm not like I'm not like belting. Like you're never you, I, you're not really going to hear me like belt ever because I just can't do it. And yeah. sound good. <laughs> it's hard. Singing's yeah. like it's just melody. That melody in and of itself. Even like I'm working on a project where I was like I had this idea where wouldn't it be cool if there was a metal band like a metalcore metal band, but the only real instrument was a drummer and everyone else was playing synths, like no guitars. Yeah. And so I'm like that would be cool. And I started so I just started arranging sort of like metal post hardcore uh, metalcore prog stuff in um just in midi then i sent it to my brother who has like really nice synths and he does all the all the sound design now i forgot why i was fucking saying this what'd you say right before this i got too high damn it i was, I was saying i've sung a little that's all oh the the melody yeah i was gonna yeah say, melody and so i'm trying to come up even though i can't sing my brother can sing i'm like that's all right i will write you like reference melody parts to kind Got of like you. get the things going, and even that—that's because when you when you're writing it like at a grid, a MIDI grid, or a keyboard, it's not a voice, so you don't. There's, a, I don't know. There's a disconnect, like where I just I can't. I can come up with catchy melodies that I think are catchy for a synth part or a piano part or an ambient part, lead part, whatever, but they don't translate very well when someone sings them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Cause, yeah, it's because you have to say words. Yes. Like I, I yeah, I think I think I feel like I've I have a good grasp on that because like like you got to man, I, I feel like if you're going to write lyrics, you have to they have to be lyrics first and foremost. Like before the to, melody, right? Yeah, yeah. Because because inevitably unless of course they're just doing straight falsettos on everything, inevitably there's going to be lyrics in there. And so instead of like playing note after note, what you're really doing is like playing like two notes or you're like triple tapping one note because of the cadence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But it's not just like one, unless it is a falsetto through the whole thing, unless it is just like a singing one note, if they're saying lyrics, you're really just like dot, 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 dot. 
You know what I mean? As opposed to just one solid note, yeah. depending on what they're saying. So I think that's why they have to, you have to go in writing, writing lyrics. Also like some words, when I'm writing lyrics, so what I've noticed is, is some words, although the note wouldn't really be hitting, just the timbre in which you say it makes a, a, a big difference. So like out is going to sound different as like there. You know what I mean? Like if you're singing the word out, that's going to hit differently than the word if you're singing the word there. But they could be the same note. But because that 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 inflection yeah. is different, yep. it's going to hit you differently. But that shit's all vibe, man. I don't know. I'm not even that good. At, I'm really not that good as a songwriter. That's like my main thing I need to work on as a musician. But like the one thing I found is like, dude, that is totally primal fucking vibe. Like the best songwriters, I feel, don't think it about it at all. It's just they just shit it out, and I like, think well, it's like stream of consciousness, kind of, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> My homie Macintosh is like, fuck, dude, that guy could be an R and B singer if he wanted, but he like not even that. He has pipes like that, but like he has the ideas. Like I've watched him in real time, like think of a hook, and I was like, dude, that was like better than I ever could have thought of, and I wrote the fucking song. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that stream of consciousness shit where he's been working on it with lyrics for like 10, 15 years, probably longer. And it just is not even, a, it's, just, it's just what he does. It just comes from nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a, I have a friend. Did you know Audio Treats? He's a producer out of Utah. He's kind of. Yeah, that rings about. Yeah, he was homies with Omar, did a couple of releases on Damson. He's the same way where he comes up with some of the best melodies, but he doesn't train vocals enough to be able to like have the vocal dexterity to just like be record ready to you know he has great ideas but uh i have been trying to bug him for like five years like fucking practice singing man like you have talent you have that that thing that i don't have that i wish i had (laughs) and you have it don't waste it you know it's like do some drills man yeah, I want I want Quabi to sing more on his stuff because his melodies are always really cool. He could do like a really cool black thing, like that artist you're talking about, yeah. that like six lakh dude. He could do something like that because he can really like cook that shit up. It's really awesome. Sweet man, well to wrap this. Uh, sorry, those if you're actually listening and you're a fan of the gaming podcast, we didn't talk about games, but actually, no. I had <laughs> I had when I had this initial idea for the podcast. I originally was thinking about calling it media memories because I'm like, really, you could interview anyone. The idea was like interview creative people about the shit that sort of like, like kind of the primordial soup that turned them into the creative person that they are today, which is yeah. all media, right? It's music, it's movies, it's video games, etc. And so I was thinking about like, ah, it's too much. Like trying to do three things is too wide of a net. I'm just going to stick with gaming. I've always liked gaming. I'm a huge nerd. A lot of guys are into gaming. But What are you playing I, right now? Ooh, good question. I'm playing uh, – I play a lot of indie 2D like pixel retro games. That's sick, dude. Have you seen the game that Lauren's going to be a part of? It's like a – it's really short, but it's fucking awesome. No, and now I feel Lauren video game. Go on his Twitter. Go on Lauren's Twitter. Oh, The Last Night? No, 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 not the last night. That game also that game looks is probably awesome. not. shit too, but it looks yeah. awesome. But I don't think it's gonna get made. I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah. It got released like the the release was like three years ago. The trailer, like the announcement trailer, I guess you could call yeah. it. Yeah. 
Out of the frame. Lauren has not tweeted. What are you talking about? Oh, let me... He does that, though, sometimes. He just, like, purges shit. I'll find it, though. Okay. He purged all... He had, like, some really cool production talk on Reddit. And uh, where he was telling people, like... He talks... When I talked to him, we talked a lot about uh, using real reverb and resampling through, like, shitty speakers and putting them in real spaces and miking it up. That's so cool. Holy shit, that's so cool. He purged it all. He deleted it all off Reddit. Like, you can't find it anymore. So maybe... Why? He, I don't know. I'm because, hurt. Oh, I was going to go back to what you... This reminds me, you were saying, it's nice to, like, show my human side. That's yeah. good. But there's also... The the devil's argument would be, if you're really mysterious like Lorne, then that mystery can kind of make you into a larger-than-life... In the You know what I mean? Fans... I know. I know. I know exactly what you're saying. So we should delete this podcast because now I'm ruining all your mystery. <laughs> to be honest, that's not like, man, I've thought about this though, like a lot, dude. That's not really my thing. <laughs> like, honestly, I, uh, I've thought about it a bit. I, I mean, I make a lot of stuff, like enough stuff that you could supply, I guess, not being personable at all. But I, uh, that's not really me as like a guy. <laughs> Yes, like, it would be manufactured if you did it. I think Lauren is just naturally not interested, and in it's a na- it's, yeah. I think that's genuine as hell. Yeah, I I think he doesn't. I think he does really only want to be represented by you know the content that he makes and even the content that he selects. I, and I think that's probably his his whole like life in a sense, or as far as like yeah, I just think that's how it is for him. Oh, Fury? Maybe. Was it, was it Fury? I, I bought Fury because of... No, no, no. It's not, it's not Fury. But that's an older game. That, that's like three or four years old. I'm, I might have to... I might have to... Um, I might have to DM it to you on Instagram okay. because it's my roommate that really knows it. But he was talking about it on his Twitter, how it's all like... Dude, it's so crazy. The game like just literally is entirely data moshed. It's 100% data moshed. And the only soundtrack is scored by Lauren. It's so crazy. Dang, yeah, I can't find a... Um, uh, yeah, just DM it to me. I'm, his Twitter looks like he's just deleted everything. Oh, I might have... Did I find it? No, I didn't find it. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll DM it to you. What were we talking about? No, I can't remember. I don't know. It's a crazy video game. Shit. Oh, we were talking um, about... No, uh, I was it, playing yeah. 2D games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna. No. I was gonna ask. Wrap it up to video games. I have a way to. I have a way to in, inject some video games into yeah. the conversation at the end, so people don't riot. All five people. <laughs> that would be. Uh, what's your? Uh, if if any, I know it doesn't sound like you game a lot, but best video game soundtracks. Best video game soundtracks. Man, I really have to think about that. Does anything um, stand out to you? Well, what's so funny is like I, you know, it's like funny that we came to that point, but but I was gonna say the last night, or I would have said the last night if it ever got made, because I know that that dude had like a really good taste going in, but um, man, yeah, I really have to think about that. Best video game soundtrack. That's a that's a tough one for me, man. It might Yo, be hard because you don't, you haven't. It doesn't sound like you've played a lot of like narrative based games. Where you kind of yeah. go through a story where there's a cinematic soundtrack that goes with it. Funny, th- dude, Skate One, <laughs> EA Skate One had such What's a fire on skate soundtrack. One? 
Dude, oh my god, what am I saying? Dude, yeah, fucking dude, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. <laughs> yes. Dog. That's the, oh, a couple man. other guests have brought that up. That for me, embarrassingly enough, was how I got I knew who they were, but I didn't really get into rage. But they had a Gorilla <laughs> Gorilla Radio was on Tony Hawk's Pro yeah. Skater 2. And that was like that line Lights out, Gorilla Radio, turn that Dog. shit up. I love yeah. it. Repeat all day. Fire. Fire. I do have a gem, dude. I just thought of something. I do have a gem that like I'm not sure okay. everyone knows on on the podcast. So I might have a I do have a good one. Okay, really solid video game soundtrack. GT I mean, probably people know this shit, but like GTA four features Flying Lotus and yes. Tyler the Creator. That only exists on GTA. On GTA, 4. there's a Flying Lotus station, right? Like a yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a whole. It's like an album's worth of music or some shit that literally only exists on that radio station. And I thought that was incredible. I thought that was yeah. so fucking cool when I heard about that. Yeah, they. So I gotta, uh, that probably takes the cake just because that exists. Like I'm such a big Flying Lotus. <laughs> yeah, Flying Lotus. Uh, man, that's one of those artists where people get mad at me because i'm like i like some of his songs but i don't i don't get it you know what yeah I, mean? I don't get it it's so in the hole it's so in the hole you got to find the right stuff that's why yeah i mean i get it because i'll show people lorne and i'm like how do you not get it but i like someone like who, who is you know he's obviously i would say he's more flying lotus is like way legendary at this point i mean he's yeah he's yeah. De, he's like deity almost and, yeah, uh, but I don't get it. It's blasphemy. Blasphemy. I'm not mad at you saying that. No, I understand. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't like Flying Lotus for a really long time. It's, uh, oh my God, I have to like pull it up on Spotify. The but, first time I heard a Flying Lotus song, I was like, I didn't know music could be so compressed and so hot and so fuzzy. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, just 100% compressed. <laughs> a but that, he plays... There, there are some songs I like. What would you recommend if I was going to give him a second shot? Or... I like the Reset EP. That's in 2017. It's 2007. It's called the Reset EP. I like um, Message Situation on that on that project. It's really like quintessential. You can tell like because it was 2007. You can tell how many artists followed suit after that song. Oh, uh, okay. Not, I mean, not just that song, but just after that whole project after that ep because you're like oh like this is like kind of like 2007 that would be like almost the birth of like lo-fi electronic synthy stuff so like yeah i like the reset ep and then everyone always says this but like for a really good reason um until the quiet comes if you're like that's like the equivalent to like psych rock like it's like deep in the rabbit hole of like zoning the fuck out you know but until the quiet comes is really awesome. Okay, yeah, I see that. Uh, I do recognize some of the song titles from that one. I uh, I remember seeing visuals for "You're Dead," the album after that. Seeing a, yep. a couple of videos that I was really impressed with the um, the visuals. Do you, have you heard of a uh, label? I know just, I keep saying we're going to end, but I'm having so much fun talking. Have you heard of a label? And it's more music, so. If you want gamings, just turn off now because we're going to talk about music. <laughs> Have you uh, – there's a label I just recently came across called Meth Lab. Dude, fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm a newcomer, but they have a bunch of awesome shit. 
I just discovered them like a week ago, and I've been on the Meth Lab Bandcamp like a Bandcamp like a crack addict for the last yeah. week because there's just so much stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, man. Meth Lab is like that's like a built-in fixture to like my listening routine. You know what I mean? That's like a yeah. Meth Lab is like one of the go-to's for me when I'm like preparing a DJ set and like just trying to hear some crazy shit. So like Audeca has a release a long time ago on like probably a year and a half ago on Meth Lab, and I think it's called like it might be called Direct Injection EP, but or something like uh, Engine Block EP. That's what it's called, Engine Block EP. Man, that shit goes. That is such an incredible project. But yeah, there. Find it. So, so now, you, what would you call it again? The EP, engine block. Engine block. I think that's what it's called. I think so. I know yeah. my favorite. Okay, I'll try my favorite. My, yeah, maybe like look up um, Odd Deca Direct Injection because that's my favorite song on it. Odd Deca Direct Injection. Yeah, it's like A U D E K A. They're so good. Direct injection. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I spelled it wrong, but if I found it, there it is. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude, that song is so sick. So good. Sweet. Yeah, they're. Uh, I don't know why I brought up. Why even uh, you? Something you said triggered me about Meth Lab. Oh, was that that guy I mentioned earlier, Anthony uh, Baldino, the since the cinematic guy for the Blade Runner soundtrack? So yeah. basically, Trifonic said, "Hey, our buddy came out with this new modular synth album." I'm like, "Oh, modular synth that that seems interesting." And then it was released on Meth Lab. So then from there, I started checking out their other shit, and I was like, "Oh, well, holy cow! Okay, this is cool." That's got to be where I where I heard of your boy uh, or where I heard of that guy. When you said that, and I was like, dude, I feel like I know that. I think it was, yeah, yeah, it's because of Meth Lab, dude. I, like, pay pretty close attention to Meth Lab. And so, like, I definitely saw that pop up. I checked I'm it gonna, out. Yeah, I'm probably going to front to back that tonight because I'm getting ready for this set. And, like, even if it's, like, ambient, like, I don't it's care. Like, it's more ambient. <laughs> it's, like, down-tempo ambient, so it may not be. I'm still going to listen to it, you know. That art is badass too. Yeah, man. the art the art for that release is is amazing. Like it, that it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of your style too. Um, yeah, when I saw that, like, like it's like so those like uh, you know how you were talking you were whining about sci fi and colors and and uh, cyberpunk and video games and it's like Blade Runner is exact like there's color in Blade Runner. There's a lot of color, but it's never. It never loses that that aesthetic, the dark aesthetic, and this this release has that too. Nice, nice. Okay, that's that's what I like. There's like <laughs> there's like a few things that get called cyberpunk, but like if it looks if it looks like bright neon purple, I'm not I'm not gonna be You're not into it. it. <laughs> no. What about uh? Have you seen any hype about the cyberpunk video game coming out from CD Projekt Red? Yeah, I'm like, this is controversial. I don't care. I think it looks like it. I think it looks so whack. I'm it's, just gonna be honest. It may. I I will because aesthetics are subjective. 
I will grant, yeah. and you forgave me about Flying Lotus, so I will grant, <laughs> <laughs> so I will grant you a pardon uh, for the aesthetics, uh, but gameplay-wise and story-wise and branching storylines and lore and world-building, I think that's going to be one of the greatest video games. There's a lot of games, actually, that if the aesthetic turns me off in the beginning, uh, chances I won't play it, but there have been games where, like, I hate the aesthetic or I hate the way the main character looks. But other aspects of the game were so good, I would still go through with the game. That's the thing, man. Like, so, like, as far as that kind of art direction, you can kind of look at, like, you can kind of look at um, um, Death Stranding as the contrast to that. Yeah. Because Death, Death Stranding looks, like, actually, like, extremely boring and tedious gameplay. But the art direction is, like, for it's me, that's, like, yeah. yeah, that's the coolest thing ever. But on the other hand, like, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077, or is that what it's called? 2077? I think, yeah, 2077. Yeah. That game, for instance, looks like it's really fun, but that art direction is, like, cringy to me, you know? But it looks extremely fun. So, like, I, I get it. I, like, as a gamer, that's probably, like, I, I hate to say this because Kojima is such, like, a goat, but that, that game is probably going to be more played, like Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be. I mean that 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 uh that studio. I don't know if you've heard of a game called The Witcher. Witcher Three is a previous yeah. game. They're yeah, kind of so, yeah. they're kind of like what you were saying about the long play and know your fans. So they did this series called The Witcher One through Three. The first one was garbage, like really clunky. The second was yeah. better, and then the third one came out and was a huge hit. But they never did like a DRM. All their games are DRM free. They know that their fan base are generally like hardcore PC gamers, and they've always like put the fans first. And now they've become not only like a cultural underground fan favorite development house, but now they're also very commercially successful. Their games are nice. making, and Cyberpunk is their first like mega mega budget. Was like the budget's like hundreds of millions of dollars that have gone into the production of this game. They're from they're uh, from Poland, I think. They're subsidized by the the government gives them money. They have publishers like it's a it's a huge game, but they have a they're um, they're beloved by gamers. Like they've never put out a bad game, and they don't put out that many games. And they always just say it'll come out when it comes out, like it'll come out when it's ready. They don't, they nice. don't, you know, they don't shortcut. And they're like in a financial space where I don't think publishers can really force them to release games before they're ready. And I think there could be some parallels with music. Um, I don't. I see you haven't had to deal with it because you're you're taking you're going a different route. But I know like other friends that have been hired to do production or ghostwriting for bigger names or even. Like they get put on a schedule, and there's just a lot more pressure. And it's like, well, I'm just doing this for money. Yeah, you get, the, you get in this kind of weird realm where, like, is this really what I want to do? Or am I selling my soul? But it's also moving me forward. Uh, game- I heard about. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I heard about Cyberpunk 2077. That I, I read that every single extra in that game has an individual life. Yes, and that's like the craziest thing to me yes because i I look at that from like a straight data and like coding standpoint and i'm like fuck that is how it's insane insane. yeah yeah they've talked a little about their crowd tech where they like they obviously they want to show as many characters they want the the city to feel alive 
And so every NPC and every character actually has a place where it goes and lives. And, and they're on full day, night cycles. And so like on Monday through Friday, this guy will go to work here. And they have schedules and they put variations in those schedules sometimes depending on time of year and day. They'll like, And they've just mapped out like, yeah, it's yeah. – why and it's why would you – how much money did that one feature cost, right? And oh, time. man. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, dude. That's like the equivalent to like when GTA dropped the fact that like their map is a scale is scale to LA. You know yeah, what I mean? Close to one. You're like how? Yeah. Like that's crazy. How is that even possible? You know? But it it was. It's fucking insane. But that's like a, another level. That's a 2019 version of that. <laughs> like, yeah. We have a million people that all do their own life thing. Like, what? What's that's uh? Enough. I also want to run by some some of your favorite sci-fi films or films you can recommend because good sci-fi is also something that's hard to come by. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, man, I wish I was like more knowledgeable with this, but like I have to say, like the Alien and then Prometheus series, fucking yeah. awesome. But that's like all like, oh man, that's so much. You know what I mean? That's like if you're really trying to watch some gnarly shit. Um. I just kind of assumed that maybe because you're pulling inspiration from films that maybe you you had like a backlog of sci-fi or you actually also mentioned earlier you listened to like you mean you watch some crazy shit are you into like art house stuff or? Yeah. Well, I like so a ton of inspiration actually has always come from like really deep internet videos. You know what I mean? <laughs> what <laughs> like, do you mean? Please not expand. Like the, not from the deep web, but I mean just like gems right so like when i was younger i had this little app called stumble upon and stumble upon when you clicked it it would bring, yeah yeah it'd bring you like a cool spot in the internet and uh a lot of that though was just like art videos for me you know so there's like these artists like okay uh coco freak bean on the in- internet is like incredible right coco so he he put me on to like data mosh art you know like that was a, a really big thing for me. Um, it doesn't seem like it's a- aesthetically aligns, but it like does in a weird way. You spell it like K O K O. Okay, yeah, freak. I found one. Yeah. Morning wormhole. Let's check this out. Oh, this is what you mean by data mosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm obsessed Holy with this guy. Shit. Holy shit is the right word. It's almost. It's a little like a hypnotic even though it's yeah. so chaotic it's damn yeah <laughs> yeah I, I can't talk if i'm watching this so i gotta turn that off yeah like you have to, <laughs> so much it's like so like visually stimulating you know but that's why i love that dude shit because it's like fuck man like that's it's everything in the world it's like you're the only person that makes shit like that that i've ever seen um but yeah like a lot of that stuff i don't know um I also really like a lot of 3D artists. There's a lot of really incredible people out there. That's a, like, for instance, like um, this dude. I'm gonna put you on to like my favorite Instagram 3D artist right now. Yeah, I, I follow quite a bit already. So I'm also I spend way more time than I like to admit on ArtStation. Just like ArtStation is yeah yeah cool art. Yeah, ArtStation is really cool. Hold on, my wife, my internet is running. I need, I just need to like get the right spelling of his name, but it's like Nicholas W. 
something like it's a super long name um but this guy like man i don't i have never seen a fucking man my instagram is being slow as death right now but i've never seen someone that is so there we go okay yeah nick okay (laughs) this is gonna take a second nicholas like n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s yeah and then one word uh matthew wellstrin so it's m-a-t-t-h-e-w and then e-l-s-t-r-a-n nicholas mousetrain all right i found him it looks like he's got a video called chain in the night oh i don't know if he's on youtube i have no idea i've only seen him on on instagram, on instagram? okay yeah, actually, oh, I guess he does have a link in bio for his for his YouTube. Okay, I found his Insta. Oh, okay. So I do follow a lot of like three D dudes on Instagram, um, but th- what I noticed immediately was, um, man, this one this. So <laughs> I probably okay for those listening. I have no way to explain to how to. How to he'll catch you off, yeah he'll catch you off guard like yeah this shit is crazy okay so some of it reminds me of like acid trips i've had but there's like some glitch element it's like organic man that's really hard to explain it's insane i can see he's why so you good. like him yeah he's so good uh jesse kanda is another artist that i really like but jesse kanda's fame comes from early art well i don't no, that marginalizes his shit. But, like, he first popped off because of early work with, like, this dude, Arca, who's, like, a... Well, I can't say dude. So, Arca is... is uh, uh, identifies as a female now, so... Or as a, as a woman now. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah. So, Jesse Canna's early work with Arca um, was what put them on the map. And then... And then Jesse Kanda's work kind of introduced me to like the edgier side of, I guess more like creative side of 3D stuff. Jesse Kanda has worked with FKA Twigs on her first album. Uh, they did the uh, they did all the 3D work for that. Jesse Kanda also did a bunch of work with Bjork, but mm. Jesse Kanda's um, Instagram is super weird as Jesse Kanda is. <laughs> and how it's do you true. Spell the, how do you spell it? Because I'm not finding it. Uh, K A N D A, but True Kanda is the Instagram. So it's T R U E K A N D A. And super weird. Super weird, but also that organic 3D shit that I like so much. And it's just oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, it just crosses that line of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is super, super weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's something about like like flesh and f- uh, like goo dude it's a, yeah it's like almost like gory yeah it's almost know? like i could see people that are into gore you know like i don't know like rob zombie shit maybe yeah. crossing over and liking this but i'm so fascinated by it uh, because it's, so it's like dark it's weird yeah it's super it's, weird it's, it's kind of scary <laughs> straight up yeah straight yeah. up Straight up, but what the thing with that is like that surpasses the the like the ceiling of 
normality and he and they are also very successful is the thing like jesse canada is like well off you know but it surpasses artistically it surpasses that ceiling of normality and it's well done like there's ability there and that's what i find so fascinating about it is it's like okay this is not only weird but it's not just it's not weird and shitty it's like this is like yo you meticulously did this as an artist and i want to understand why and then you start to get like oh this is the only thing that can make you feel like that that's why they do it because it's like this is a fascinating feeling that this kind of brings out of you it's that gross that kind of like yeah gross organic and it's like kind shit. Of that putrid repulsive feeling yeah like it, yeah. yeah and then it, it's like when I think about it, that's the only artist that can bring that kind of version out of that out of me. You know, when I see it, like I feel that. Yeah. The same way when you hear like a sad song, you feel sad. It's like, oh, this is like disgusting. <laughs> but like they made that with like 3D and it made me feel like that's disgusting. That's like fascinating. Yeah. You know? Have you ever, did you ever watch any of Tool's music videos? No, dude, I'm sleeping. So, what? oh, no, no, that's a lie. The new, the new promo stuff for their album. For their you should poster. um just if you, is your computer in front of you? Yeah, yeah. Just like Google to uh tool schism video and you'll see a couple of frames from it. Yeah. And that might hit you. So their guitar player Adam Jones was like a VFX artist for film as well. Yeah. And and he was way into practical effects like claymation and suits. Oh whoa, this is like that exact shit. Yeah, man. And so it kind of gives me not quite the same as as Jesse Kanda, because not quite as like fleshy, but he's sort of dark. And at moments, I feel a little repulsed or grossed out by certain things. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more like mystical, mystical and aliens than it is like gore. Yeah, but there's I a little saw, overlap. I saw a couple of frames, and it's like this is all fascinating, dude. I need to like actually dive into Tool more. Because I, I just like have been painfully sleeping on Tool. I'm, I am a, I like Tool a lot. I would definitely recommend. I mean, I, it's hard for me to uh, know because I'm, I'm such a fan. It's one of those like, I'll recommend them to people, and it's, it's they either love it or they hate it. Like, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. Lauren. It's the same thing. Yeah, totally, totally. I think, I think you might, uh, I think you might get some inspiration, and I would love to be known. In your memory as the person that pushed you to get into Tool, and then maybe, maybe they inspire one of your new your new frames or one of your new songs or something. They might, man. I mean, like I've already like you know what my, my favorite thing with Tool's branding right now though is the type, like the 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 font. Typog- yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is like, and it looks like this guy. Uh, it looks really similar to this dude that my homie Safe Haven is doing on the internet right now, but. Um, it's just so fucking cool. Like, where does that even, where does that style even come from? You know what I mean? Like, I get it, but like, where, that's such a unique it's, look of type. It's based off, uh, so their drummer, who I'm also like a, a massive, that's what got me into Tool, was like, started learning yeah. drum. He's uh, way into the occult and masonry and like Aleister Crowley and like old school magic. And uh, that's yeah. where some of that font stuff comes in. It's based on like secret society stuff. That makes a ton of sense, actually. <laughs> and so, like, I, I got their new, like, VIP package with their new album, whatever, and they sent me, like, this letterhead with that same type font on their new album, Fear and Oculum. And it's like, yeah. this, it's like this letter that comes in and it has all this old esoteric, esoteric language. 
And it's like basically inviting you to join the cult of Tool. But it's like tongue-in-cheek satire. Like it's not a real cult. Right. But they love right, right. they love the occult that's part of their branding. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, I, I My guess would be it has something to do with like a masonry or ancient magic or like old secret societies from Europe. The kind I'm of trying to get, my guess. I'm trying to, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I'm trying to get a tattoo artist that can just nail that look. <laughs> Cause that would be that would be awesome. I think my yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's a cool ass type font. I'm always trying to get better at type because I'm really terrible at it. I've never made my own font, but there's people like there's people out there that like Safe Haven that just like bangs them out, just freestyles fonts, and they're awesome. Is that a music artist or a visual artist? Safe Haven is yeah, he's a visual artist. Uh, he goes by Safe Haven HQ on Instagram. Safe. Haven HQ, shout out to Safe Haven HQ. Yeah, dude. Oh, nice. Let me check this out. Oh, sweet. Is he? Are these uh, album covers that he's doing? <laughs> no, he just makes them, man. Okay, so yeah, this is just this is cool. Some of this he reminds do, me. Go ahead. He does do he does do commission work. Like, there's a bunch of commission work that he has out there. But for the most part, from my understanding, the stuff on his Instagram oh. is just like. They're like passion projects. Damn, this one. He's so hard to describe like certain aesthetics. Like it's just like music. He's got one that has sort of like a, do you ever play a game? I don't know. This might be a long shot on PS1 or PS2 called Wipeout. It's like anti-gravity sci-fi racing. It's like hovercrafts <laughs> racing. Maybe, maybe. Ah, damn it. They like, the they had like, they hired basically a design team like a marketing branding agency to create all these fake racing companies and corporations and logos for like this futuristic future and uh yeah anyway there's a certain aesthetic i associate with that that series and he's got a couple pieces on here that that uh it's like anime it's like anime sci-fi anime maybe do you watch anime at all that's the thing i didn't ask um no i'm not i'm not fully into it um i like i have a a few you know like the cliches like i'm a big fan of ghost in the shell Mm -hmm. um and akira like that's like a given that's the best though Uh, for a reason exactly exactly i mean there's like some really good shit but like there's stuff like i've been sleeping on so i i was talked about i talked um briefly like on my facebook on my personal facebook i just like made this post about how how much shit I've been pulling from ghost in the shell. And my sister is like a big anime fan, but what I didn't realize, cause like I just looked at it from a distance when I was in high school, like, nah, that's like weird. Um, when my sister was all, it is weird though. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But my sister like put me onto this like laundry list of just like all of these animes that are aesthetically like super similar to ghost in the shell. And so I need to go through all that and see what's really going on. Cause Dude, Ghost in the Shell is, like, shitting on what people are doing in the the U.S. with that aesthetic. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. like, Blade Runner level, like, way before Blade Runner. Yeah, Ghost in... It's it's a legend. It's one of, like, the most popular legendary animes for a reason. Because... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the... the, Did you see the, like, U.S. version with Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. No, I didn't watch it because, like, I was... I watched the trailer and I was like, nah. (laughs) 
There was a, there were moments. There was moments where some of the set designs, specifically, they they come up on this like geisha (laughs) girl that's like hooked into the net, and she's got all these like cords, and they're like in this big cooling unit. There were a few scenes where the art direction was really really awesome, but overall, it was definitely a letdown for sure. Yo, dude. Speaking of letdowns, oh my god, dude. (laughs) Uh, Netflix is like pushing this new like Ghost in the Shell like three. Oh my god! And it's like it looks dude. like a cheap kids CGI bullshit. Like, oh what god, is up with that? Dude. So whack! Like, how they do her like that? How are they gonna just fuck her up like that? It's so messed up, man. You know what? Netflix has been going downhill. I'll say it because like for a <laughs> while, net Netflix original usually meant like decent high quality probably good chance it's going to be good yeah and, and now i log into netflix there's so many originals and they're like redoing like they do these crime dramas over and over again with like a generic <laughs> name like lost yeah. city detectives blah 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 like there's and the same thing with uh they have put out some good anime that were netflix originals that like were high quality animation like really high quality yeah. animation so i know they can do it but I don't know how this – I don't know who signed off on this new Ghost in the Shell, but they should be Dude. fucking fired. They should be. That character designer is trash for doing that. That is fucking terrible, dude. It looks like, yo, that looks like an early Kingdom Hearts character or like a <laughs> fucking – you know what I mean? Like Final Fantasy VII character or something. Yep. Do you uh, – I might be too old. There was an early, early – like one of the first CGI cartoons was called Reboot. Maybe you've run across it as like a nostalgia thing. Oh man, that would be no. I don't even know about that. Did you did you ever get into what's I think it's called? I'm gonna laugh. I think it's the aesthetics called vaporwave, like that eighties <laughs> synth sort of. I don't know what you call it. Vaporwave, I guess. Totally. Um, I when I was doing design earlier on, like I want to say like so it's twenty nineteen. Yeah, probably like three or four years ago, something like that. Probably my clients were like mostly vaporwave okay. inspired. They, it was mostly like I want you to do some crazy vaporwave aesthetic stuff. A so lot of that like a, vaporwave stuff came from like really early CGI. Like that was some yeah. of the nostalgia stuff. And reboot was one of them. That may, yeah, vaporwave kind of came and went. I could see that now. You could get a lot yeah. of work, and then I, I got a ton. Yeah, at the time, but that was like. That's like memes, though. You yes. know what I mean? It's like meme culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vaporwave and meme culture are like two hands of the same coin. Yeah, dude. Like, I feel like it came and went the way it did because, like, the same way memes do. Like, like who? <laughs> like, you never say "damn Daniel" anymore. You know what I mean? That's it's true. Like that, yeah, that's kind of like the way I feel about vaporwave, where it's like, yeah, we all know this happened, but like, no one's really still. I don't know. No one's still really about it like that, aesthetically at least. What's the most non-dark thing you're into? Like maybe something that people would never guess that you're into based on your music and your visuals. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> do you uh, do you watch uh, what's it, Kirby Enthusiasm as well? Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude. Okay, nice. Larry David. Awesome. Yeah, baby. Like I'm like the reason I bring that up is because I'm like I'm like so into that you know what I mean like it would be one thing if I was like yeah I like to watch Seinfeld when I'm bored but like no dog like 
You're into I've, Seinfeld. Yeah, dude. Like, I've seen, like, every episode. Like, I've ran through the entirety of the series. Maybe, like, I'm probably on my seventh round right now in the past, Damn. like, year or two. Something like and that. for context, for those who don't know off the top of their head, how many episodes? Do you, there's a lot of episodes. It's like fucking nine seasons of, like, 25 <laughs> episodes, dude. It's like... It's a lot. Um, yeah, look at yeah. So seven times through, how many episodes? Inside. I can't spell this shit. One eighty, I think. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a total of one hundred and eighty episodes. Yeah. Damn, that's a lot. So yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm on like round seven right now, something like that. I can like, dude, man. I can hash it out. Me and my boy Tim, he goes by like he goes uh, he goes by Vicive. Uh, we were like at this, we were at this like after party after this Rochester show, and my other homie David was like, he's like, yo, he's like Seinfeld off. Like, if you're really about Seinfeld, <laughs> like, like we had like a drunk competition, and I was schooling this fool, man. Like a like a memory recall sort of yeah, name the line like, or episode thing. Yeah, like we were just like fucking dumb shit. Like who, like who was Jack Klompus and shit like that. Like super deep, deep Seinfeld references, you know. And like, man, no, I'm on it, dude. I know that. I know that's like that's a whole universe to me. One of the <laughs> I've seen a lot of Seinfeld. I'm you know not going to claim to be anywhere near uh, as well versed in Seinfeld as you. But a standout, <laughs> a standout episode for me that's always stuck with me for some reason. Is one of the funniest episodes is when he has a like a a chess game with his penis in his imagination about a girl yeah. that he doesn't really like her. She's hot, but he's like not into her into her personality, and so he's like yeah. having this debate while they're playing chess. And the penis version of himself is like wearing a little helmet. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of that's one of like the only like dude. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's like one of the only like gags where they get like so like I want to say like gimmicky with it like that's like they don't do a lot of like a lot of those like goofy ass jokes like it's always yeah. like larry david style comedy but that's like that that episode is unique because that that seed is this like out of character almost for the show where like jerry is now in a huge dick costume and playing chess <laughs> with himself and like what looks like heaven like it's all like what dark and smoky in there if i remember right yeah yeah well it's like they're, they're at his table in his living room but there's it's like the lighting's all changed because it's in his mind. You know what I mean? It's like in his yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, God, it's been a minute since I've seen that one, though. Yeah, that like, one and the goldfish episode when they're trying to find their car in the parking lot. Fuck yeah, dude. That dude, one stands Kramer, out. Kramer, like, broke a, broke a, his hand or something like that on that episode. He, like, slams a trunk and, like, he, like, genuinely, like, broke a bone. Oh, I didn't like know that. Yeah, he gets, like, injured. Like, he was fucked up when he, like, slammed that trunk in real life. In real life, yeah. I know that because I have that season with with the commentary and I've watched through. <laughs> I watched through with the commentary. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you for the podcast when I record it, like bass music producer and like world's greatest Seinfeld fan or something. <laughs> Dude, there's people out there that will school me. That's for sure. But I would I would be confident in aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right with that one. Sweet man. Well, hit a. I'll, I'll put all the applicable links into the podcast description. But where where can uh, people find your shit? Um, I like my Instagram, man. Like that's I the know best that's way. Like, 
Yeah, I feel like that's kind of cheesy and like I don't have a huge following, but that's the only platform where you can show your shit really, like your full work if you're like an audio visual guy. So Instagram, so my Instagram is at levitate.mp3. My YouTube just hit a thousand subs. I've only been really working on it for like a year. So I'm pretty stoked on that. My YouTube is youtube.com slash levitate official sound uh, on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash levitate music uh spotify is spotify.com slash insano artist link that there's no way i can rehearse yeah i'll find Uh, it though i'll put it in there i'm pretty sure i show up after i i have the delta in my name so it makes it really difficult for people that's i uh, I remember on soundcloud that being a bitch trying to find you yeah yeah it's because um it's because there's another levitate that is just fucking up my seo um, hey that's what i do for a living so i can help you dude yeah that might help dude, dude whoa, this, whoa. this podcast just 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 wait in like five months if you type in video game podcast this podcast will be like the whole first page oh fuck yeah that's awesome do you um do you know about wikipedia articles um, I have used Wikipedia articles to do link building to get rankings, but I'm not like a, I'm not like a pro at like going in and getting my edits. You know, there's like a whole art to like going in and doing shit on Wikipedia. I I need to like I'll literally put money on it. Like I need someone to make me a Wikipedia page. Like the power in that when you have that and it's up there for real as an artist. That's huge. That's like a big thing. I don't. I could find some. I definitely know someone in my in my marketing circles. I could track someone down for you. Word and and preface to all of that. The one thing they always talk about. They're like, oh, what reference links do you have? Like, you need press dog. Like, so they people will like Wikipedia. Shoot. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So people will shoot me down because they're going to be like, in order to make a Wikipedia article, you need these this huge list of of press references, right? And they just assume that I don't. Dude, I have a literal Google Drive with like 200 press press references of Levitate. Like I'm in there with the resources. I just like don't have anyone to that knows how to build a Wikipedia article. I could find it out. Uh, yeah, I definitely could poke around into some of the marketing groups I'm in. I know, I know guys that I use Wikipedia for like like in link building, which is for those who don't know or maybe you don't know, it's like basically. How to get the Google algorithm to like you is one of the factors it looks at is how many links are coming from different sites and pointing to you. And links gotcha, from yeah. and links from Wikipedia are really good because Wikipedia is like this behemoth on the internet and it's very powerful website domain. So I'm assuming the guys that can get me links on Wikipedia can also either themselves or link me up with somebody who can because that's what they do. They create pages or they edit pages that make sense yeah. and get links links to where you want them to go. So, if yeah, dude, if if that's because I don't even know where to look. Like that's the thing. I've been posting on Twitter probably like three times a year. Like, yo, I, I got X amount of money on like who can make me a Wikipedia page, that kind of thing. And like I've tried it myself, couldn't figure it out, no way. And so like, dude, I'm like, that's seriously something that like I would i would uh what's the word for it accept any help in that regard i just typed in levitate music so like some music festival ranks yeah and then uh looks like there's another levitate but that 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 alone as far as like outside of wikipedia if you want to show up 
on different places over the other levitates, I can do that. That's actually, I can tell you how to do it yourself. If you have a little bit of budget, it's really, yeah. well, I should take that back. Every time I tell someone they can do something themselves when it comes to SEO and marketing, I forget that I have the curse of knowledge. And then when I start to explain them and I'm like, oh, fuck, like I've been doing this for a decade. Like I can't just, how do I, but this is actually pretty easy. You could go out and basically purchase links like the Wikipedia links from different vendors to point to your SoundCloud, to your Spotify, to all your different, because your website, whatever. And when, you, when they build the link, so they'll go out, either A, they have their own websites that they own, where they, they can just go in and like make some article and, and then put levitate in the article. And if yeah. they spell it like, say you want to show up for levitate music or levitate Bandcamp or levitate SoundCloud over the other guy, you just build links with that with that phrase to your property. So get a website to like write a blog post about anything and somewhere say levitate music, have that highlighted with a link that goes to your SoundCloud or your Spotify profile. Oh, and that's how that's, that, that's, that's how oh, the yeah. Google algorithm kind of figures out where things should I show it, up. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Hell yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. Dude. Yeah. I got, Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I can find someone, if I can find someone or like get a plug to, or to figure out this Wikipedia shit, dude, I have crazy amount of press links on the internet. Like that's just such an underutilized thing that I just have. And I'll like, I haven't let it go for like three years. You know what I mean? Like as I get another article, I'll be like, add it to the list. You just put it in the, the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I, I know for some reason this is going to come through, you know what I mean? But yeah. Anyway. Anyway, thank you for that. For that, yeah, tip. you could that. definitely. I'll find someone, and yeah, we, if you definitely want some help or like some easy help on how to show up over this other levitate or this fucking music festival. What kind of music is it? Grassroots music festival? Yeah, it's like it's like some like yeah jam band stuff, if I remember right, something like that. Well, I would talk shit, but the first time and only time I did Molly was at a jam band music festival, <laughs> and I had a fantastic time. So yeah, <laughs> can't hide, can't hate it on it too much. Molly can be fun. I did that when I was younger, when I was a, much younger. It's definitely a young men's thing. I did it one time in my early twenties, and I had a yeah. I had a fantastic time. But I've never done it again. And it's not like I decided to not do it. It just sort of, I don't know, just never no, did it. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. It's not really like addictive, and your brain doesn't really do that thing where you're like, yeah, I could definitely do more of that. It's just like a good time, I think. Yeah. I'm not out there. I'm not out there suggesting kids should do Molly. Holy shit! But, uh, <laughs> yeah, me but neither. It, by the way, for the record, yeah, like it can also you can also like it way too much. Yeah, but I had um, a roommate that was a Molly head, and uh, that might be the reason why I never got into it after that one time because I just didn't makes, want my brain to turn into what his brain was. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it burns holes in your brain, so there's yeah. that. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah, I got your music shit. Um, sorry again for those we talked about. We talked about music though. We didn't talk about with one of my guests. We spent like forty five minutes on Kanye West. So it's not it's not a it's not uncommon. Which I was going to bring up his new album with you, but we can save that for another time. For the record, eh. <laughs> hey hey, it's uh it's got some half baked ideas, but it's also got some. I like the gospel angle. To me, it feels fresh because I've been he hearing. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna talk about Kanye for a second. We, Fuck. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, I've been like, I've been hearing trap 
and mumble rap and all sorts of like for a long time and i like it i've been i have liked trap from the beginning and i'm not even really burnt out of it yet i still like a lot of trap yeah um anything halftime i think that comes from actually metal and breakdowns liking the breakdown yeah. sections from metal growing up but the new kanye album when i first listened to it i was like oh, okay this is kind of weird and raw but i finished the album and i'm like oh let's listen to it again and then I cycled through it. And for some reason, I'm not going to say it's amazing, but it's like a, f- I just like it. Cause I haven't heard anything like it in a long time. It is. Yeah. It is really refreshing. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one tune with all the, like the aggressive stomps and shit. Yeah. That's, that's cool. It's called the uh, Saya or Selena or something. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. That was, that was cool as fuck. By the way, Timbaland is all over that record as a producer. Really? Yeah, I kind of thought he fell by the wayside and wasn't around anymore. Dude, you know that guy is like he's probably got like a hundred mil or something. What's his net worth? I'm gonna look that up. It's probably. Lot. His- I've I've seen him on. Have you seen those ads for MasterClass where they have like really yeah. famous? I've seen him on yeah. MasterClass ads. Yeah, he's fuck. He's yoked too. What's up with that? He's probably <laughs> doing some Mexican supplements. Yeah, it's like it's fucking huge. Eight- $85 million. He's got some cash. I, damn. Damn, Timbaland. 85 mil. That's crazy. Dude, my first Timbaland song that I remember is that One Republic, It's Too Late to Apologize. That's the first Timbaland song I remember. Doesn't he have like – doesn't he do backing vocals on that song or something funny like that? Probably. He's a uh, – I think he does actually. Um, Timbaland, yeah. too late. I feel like he does something funny on that song like – Super random. Yeah, we're gonna. Hey, the podcast is gonna end. I don't want to talk about Kanye. Oh, we're talking about Kanye. Oh, now we're talking about Timbaland. <laughs> anyway, uh, dude, I, we could talk forever. It's twelve for me. I've had you for a while. I know you got you got shit to do. I super appreciate the time just showing up on for short sure. notice. Um, again, I will sure. talk. I will talk you up in the introduction because I think you're awesome. I love Lauren. I appreciate I love, that so much. Yeah. And for those, yeah, I'll put all the applicable links. Check his shit out. If you're listening, everything he recommended, I would recommend checking it out. I wrote it all down. If something stands out to me, I'll hit you up. Man, I, I legitimately wish you the best. Like, I want to see you succeed. You remind me of my buddies X and G. I think you just got to keep going, and I think you will be a legend in your own right when the time comes. Thank you, man. That means the fucking world. That really does. And likewise, I want to see. I want to see this blog blow up. I'm gonna post up when this when this goes up. Let me know. I'll, okay. I'll post up on all the things about it. I'm I a few weeks ahead. It might be like three weeks. I think I got two episodes, two or three weeks. Gotcha. I'll let you know. Yeah, I want to see the podcast blow up. Right now is like the perfect time for podcasts. I noticed that it's like now is like the time to do podcasts. So I'm like, man, yeah, I wish you the best, too. You have a wonderful vibe and personality. Real talk. I think you should do – speaking of, like I think more artists should do a podcast. Like if you're not going to go the mysterious route, maybe you should like – I don't know. Maybe talk about – I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just speaking feel, real time. Okay. No, I've, th- I've thought about this, too. Like it's weird that you say that because this past week I've like had a lot of thoughts about that. You know what? Like, <laughs> this sounds funny, but like, honest to God, I might do a podcast when I'm single. It's it, because, like, my free time in my life, ah. like, my time, yeah, it's a Damn bit. Damn women. It, 
Well, you know, like I work so much on Levitz, like too much, honest. I, on a personal level, too much. On a business level, just the right amount on Levitate. So the very little amount of personal time I have, it goes to it goes to my like significant other. And so when she's moving, she's moving like super far away in a few months. And so maybe around that time, I might do a podcast because I know a lot of artists that pass through Seattle and I have yeah. this really, I have this really crazy streaming setup in my place so I can do it like pro quality in real time. And so it would be fun to like, just whenever an artist passes through Seattle, just be like, Hey man, stop by the studio. Like, let's do a podcast. But I don't know. It just seems like another thing on my plate, and that seems yeah. so overwhelming. It is definitely that. Like, when I decided to do it, my business partner, he actually kind of got mad, and he's like, I'm sort of offended you're doing a podcast. Like, we got plenty of shit. We got plenty of shit to work on. Like, why the fuck are yeah. you adding a podcast? You could already do shit. Like, you're, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just I, I'm do, like, I just know me. It's going to happen. I want to do it, so it's going to happen. Like, otherwise, That's cool. I don't know. Other, the other, It's like, I don't know what the other, the other option is like to kill yourself i guess like i'm like not i'm not trying to be like anything yeah yeah <laughs> but i just like you just I, sometimes i have this feeling like do you ever get the, the feeling that we're we're really on autopilot like you're kind of programmed and you're gonna yeah. do what you do no matter what oh yeah totally totally i mean that's like a, yeah dude that's like a lot of the reason that i just like find myself in the place that i'm at because it was like I start making music and it's like, well, I'm not going to not do this forever. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's what it's going to be. So let's do it. You know, I get that. I definitely get that. Well, I think you should do a podcast. I, you obviously know a lot of artists, both on the visual side and on the audio side. I think it would be interesting for people like fans like me to get more insight to your creative process or life, you know, life, like just your life in general. And also, um, I know you're going to be connected to a lot of other artists that I would be interested in. And so if you interviewed them and brought them on, I think the guest model for podcasts is great because it's like, you know, you get it. I think when you were talking about EDM versus hip hop cross pollination, I think the cross pollination for podcasts generally is pretty good because you, you really get to hear someone for an hour or two hours and then you yeah. remember them, you know, like there's artists that I would have never, never found but I heard them on some sort of podcast and because I liked them on the podcast, I ended up being more open to their music. And I know that if I would have heard their music without the the preface of the podcast, it probably yeah. wouldn't have stood out to me and I would have forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. I think personality is something that needs to, that's like the main thing that's missing from electronic stuff. Like every other, every other genre and scene has like a lot of personality, artist to artist. That's not really the case with electronic music. So, yeah. No, I totally agree, man. I, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Maybe. Who knows? Last and hardest question, which is I've always hated this question when people ask me. How would you classify your music? Oh, yeah, dog. That is like, <laughs> oh It's the worst question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it's definitely like digital. It's definitely. But I don't know, dude. I see like all the old analogies I used to use are like so not fitting anymore. How do I classify music? Uh, uh, dude, yeah, I always just say dark electronic shit. I don't really know. 
Okay, um, that's what I'll say in the. Uh, I didn't want to say something in the intro and you and be like, "What the fuck? That's not my music." I don't yeah. want to use the word the wrong adjectives or whatever, dude. Actually, you know, when people drop genres, the one that I really genuinely, genuinely do like is electronica. Because, electronica, yeah. Yeah, because it's that 90s kid shit. You actually said something I said about that earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I've said that for a few years now because I'm like, I just make electronic shit that I think is really cool. Sometimes it sounds like dubstep. Sometimes it sounds like D&B. Sometimes it's like fucking techno even. Like, I don't know. I just make the shit that sounds really cool. But when you look at the larger palette of it, it's like before this whole EDM bubble became a big thing, people just called that shit electronica. And mm-hmm. that was the end. Of, that was it. You know what I mean? Did and you ever so listen like- to a band called The Refused? No. Oh, they had this album called uh, The Shape of Punk to Come, where it was like okay. it was like metalcore and punk, but they would put these electronica influences that weren't edm anyway just basically what you're saying is we're on the same page like i associate the word electronica with 90s electronic before the edm craze took america over yeah yeah totally like man i just wrote this song like i would totally fucking call electronica like this shit that i, I have a song dropping on the 7th that'll be out by the time this thing is out yeah but on november 7th man like i got a song that's dropping like i don't know what the fuck that is like i'm like singing on it and shit kind of like i'm doing the droney thing and it's like there's like vocoder shit in there that sounds like 80s i don't know what that shit is but like to me that <laughs> feels like electronica you know what i mean yeah 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 I'm, like yeah like this is like electronic music i don't know what the fuck to outside of that to call it you know analogy i've been using that you might like and i might use on the intro is like it's electronica music music you can listen to in headphones and get lost in but at the same time if you're at a club we can also get down yeah you can do straight both. up yeah straight up straight up and like that's not even like my a lot of artists in the game are like so adamant about their music being playable i don't yeah like a lot of my stuff is like dancey but it's not because i like wanted to go off in the club it, it's nice though that's like cool when that works but like yeah my shit is w- way more like i'm trying to like really entertain y'all you know what i mean and write some shit that i think is fucking awesome who was the promoter that brought you out in slc was it taryn no that was that was omar that was omar brought you out yeah At omar Sky? brought me out yeah i thought that was the smoke signals or a base whatever there's a weekly a monthly base show that sky maybe i'm getting it mixed up have you come twice am i conflating two shows no no because so omar did sky because he was getting into he was trying to he did like a damn son takeover and at oh, the time oh yeah yeah he was trying that was like that was like his way to, I, I think that was like the first like thing he did at sky or something like that. Like that was like him trying yeah. to get involved with the, with that, with that club and whatnot. So yeah, that's it. So yeah, Omar definitely brought me out. Yeah. I forgot about that. When you talked about like uh, someone who brought you out um, and they made a collective and like, we're going to book levitate and like it kind of pumped him out. Me and Omar, we brought out this guy. I don't even know if he's still making music. I think it's called filibuster. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I haven't. He makes like, I would say closer to like pretty lights, like hip hop yeah. sort of, sort of, I don't even call it glitch, electronic yeah. hip hop, something along the lines of that. But that like, he's always been a special artist in my mind. Cause he's the first guy damn son brought out, like brought someone yep. in. And I could see that for whoever we were talking about earlier, whoever brought you out to, I think you said Rochester. 
yeah. they will always remember you. Like, just so you know, from being on the other side of that spectrum, like they I will always that, remember yeah. you. That'd be so sick. I spent like days with those dudes too, because I fl- I flew in like a day early and left a day late or something like that. So we were really chilling, you know. But yeah, yeah, they're they're good at, good ass people out there in Rochester. That's labyrinth, labyrinth agency. Labyrinth is that the like the yeah. collective or the? Yeah, that's like the the production crew. Labyrinth agency, fire, awesome people. So if you're out there in that area, somehow hearing this, check them out. They booked Go Levitate, ahead. so they must be cool. Yes, they're awesome people. All right, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the stop button. Levitate music, links in the description. Seinfeld, Blade Runner, Darkness. Uh, a bunch of other shit and very little video games. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. It was a blast. See you guys later. Peace. Uh, thank you. Peace. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Yo, yo. And that is the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Levitate. Check his stuff out. As always, spread the good news of the gaming memories gospel. Do your duty. You'll get blessings. And next week on the podcast, I don't know who we have because I don't have anybody booked yet, but I will get somebody... Until then, sit tight, friends. See you next time. Cheers.